Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have the Surface Iron Roundtable with Brian, Eric, and Joey. Great episode. We answered all your questions. <clears throat> they did pick out a winner. I shouldn't have cleared my throat. That was unprofessional. Um, they did pick out a winner. It's She Go Fish. So you won the package. Uh, I could mail it to you or I could figure something out. So, yeah, you won. I'll post it up on Instagram. And that's about it. Thanks, you guys, for listening. This is a great episode. It's like two hours and ten minutes. Fun time. Next week will be Piz on Monday. I got a couple good ones this week. I think I'm going to go uh, catch up with Ollie from Bloody Tex. And another one I'm hoping and waiting to confirm. So hopefully that one goes. Again, if you guys could go to iTunes and give us five stars and a positive review, it would be greatly appreciated. And that's about it. Boat's going good. Just uh, finished cutting all the decks. I'm be glassing it. Can't wait. Tomorrow it's actually going to suck. The Kusa board just to make for extra strength. So uh, I'll put some pictures up of that. And that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. You got this? I'm not going to do the uh, thing we are joking about before. <laughs> no, it's not recording, so okay. you won't be able to hear that. Good. The part about the penis in your mouth. <laughs> um. So here's our uh, next round table. We, this is our uh, third one. This is with uh, Surface Iron. So all guys that have, are pretty respected in the industry, uh, Chuck and Jigs, right? Guys, you yeah. guys been doing for a couple years. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say. You know, it's uh, some of us were doing it before the uh, internet, and then kind of stopped doing oh, it. So we might here not. It well, you know, we might not be as well known as uh, some of the guys nowadays. <laughs> yeah, Instagram's changed a lot, guys. Right? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> definitely big. Definitely um, big nowadays. So what we'll do is we'll go around uh, to everyone and kind of get a quick backstory. Eric's been on the podcast a couple times already. He's one of the first, I think, like twenty episodes we did. So uh, give them a quick backstory of kind of what you do. I'm sure a lot of people already know, but, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm just a, a fisherman and writer, do some stuff like that. Um, I've been fishing jigs for a long time. I'm not really known for it uh, these days because uh, I mostly fish bass. I'm a bass kook, so guys don't really associate that with anything. But I basically, I was just thinking about it on the way here. I started fishing uh, taddy lures in 1987. I basically spent the next 23 or 24 years doing nothing but throwing the iron on half-day boats and every local boat around. So that's kind of what it is. Since then, I've kind of gotten away from it, but still, uh, still like to do it quite a bit. But it's became super popular, I feel like, the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you see a lot of guys 
throwing just irons the whole time, you know, like, or I, yeah. I feel like it's a lot of uh, internet, like you, everyone wants to be like a certain person maybe. <laughs> and it became trend. I mean, it's like a, a swim baits. Swim yeah. baits came huge now. It's like a, right. its own little niche yeah. in well, the freshwater world, you know? It's yeah. the cool thing to do. You know, it, it, you got the big long rod. You got the, you know, casting over everybody's shoulders and hanging fish <laughs> in the service iron. Guys like Brian are the kings of the half-day yeah. boat. So, you know, it's uh, yeah. pretty popular. We'll, uh, we'll go to Brian and kind of give us your backstory. We know you've been doing it for a long time, man. Hi, uh, my name is Brian, and um, I started. Hey, by the way, everyone, happy birthday to Brian. Today is his birthday. Oh, happy, <laughs> happy birthday, Brian. Brian. Big, big 54. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Scary. Anyway, uh, I, uh, you know what? Uh, it, started, it started a long time ago with me when I was 10 years old, and I, I went on the city of Redondo by myself, kid. I caught the bus out there. I took a half-day boat, and I was watching all these guys, Rick Ofinger, Derry, the crew, the twins, um, and they was they was catching all these fish on the jig, and I was like, damn, I wish I knew how to do that. <laughs> and uh, it stuck with me, like, through my childhood, and, and, and as I was growing up, I, I wanted to learn how to do that, and um, it was it was very intriguing to me, and uh, I learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? I started working on a boat in, in 92, got an opportunity as I went twilight fishing. <laughs> I got offered a job on the Delmar, and I took it, and I ran with it. You know, uh, fishing has always been a big, big, huge part of my life, and uh, it's a science, man. And it's Yeah, that's that's one of the questions. I can't wait to ask some of these questions because I, I a lot of the questions are going to explain everyone's backstory. Because there's stuff pointed to like, so that's why I kind of want to do a quick, like a lot of dudes know who you are because they fished with you yeah. on the boats, you know, like uh, people are stoked when I tell them, oh, no way, he's coming on, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it'll be cool to answer all these questions because there's so many different fucking things, you know, a lot of the same ones three and four times over because people want to know. But I mean, so how long you've been working on boats? Since '92. Since '92. Pretty huh? much, uh, uh, that's where I live now. Yeah. Career. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, happy birthday too, man. That's yeah, cool. Happy you. birthday. Um, now, Joey, let's hear your story, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I started. I've been working at Taddy Lures my whole life since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather started the business and roughly 1960 in the backyard um father took it over and i took it over officially about six years seven years ago um but pretty much it's been my only job yeah you've never done anything else (laughs) never all you know never done anything else Uh, i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but but it is uh something that's all that's all i know yeah so wow dude yeah that's wow that's a lot of history there it's 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 a lot of history you know um especially coming from Redondo. You know, my grandfather fished out of Redondo. My father fished out of Redondo. And uh, in my opinion, some of the best sticks in the West Coast seem to have grown up or fished out of boats out of Redondo. Um, I agree 100% on that. You know what's crazy? But you know what's crazy? You, If anyone could say that, you could because you're selling these fucking lures to these people. So you know right. where people are catching these big fish. So right. 
if someone was just like, I'm from San Diego, everyone's the best. Well, right. how do you know? Right. You would know because you're selling these fucking lures, yeah. these guys. Yeah. They're yeah. telling you, oh, yeah. man, we're doing this, this. Right. So it's right. kind of cool right. to hear. I, I'm, I respect that point of view a lot. Well, it's, it's neat to know. Um, I mean, a lot of the guys from the older generations, the you know, 60s and 70s, the, that started out working on half-day boats, they seem to, a lot of them have owned sport boats now. And very successful sport boat businesses. So it's 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 pretty neat, you know, to see how things have evolved and uh, you know, and uh, where have where people have come from, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes not much, and now they're you know leaders in the sport boat industry. You yeah. Know, so you grew up fishing down Redondo too. Uh, more more so Long Beach, Long San Beach. Pedro. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of where my dad liked to fish out of on the Matt Walsh with uh, with Walt and stuff. You know that was well, that's old. You know, <laughs> <laughs> memories right there. Yeah, yeah. So you know we we fished out of you know Twenty Second Street and uh, mm-hmm. the the one right next door to it where the Matt Walsh Ports of Call. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's where I kind of cut my teeth. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to uh, jump in for a second here. We probably won't circle back to this at any point. Yeah. So he brought up the fact that the, you know, the half-day boats and Redondo and other places like that being a big deal. Um, I would argue, and you know, as opposed to San Diego, I would argue that the best rod and reel sport fishing anglers in Southern California come off the half-day boats from Long Beach oh, yeah. to Redondo or Maria Del Rey Definitely. because it's not easy fishing, especially if you're guys throwing a jig. So if you can catch Barracuda with when they're not biting up there and day in, day out, you can go to San Diego where it's wide open a lot of times and, and just catch star. just about anything. Yeah. Man, I might I might yep. have to have a yep. second round table with San Diego guys. No. <laughs> For rebuttal, huh? <laughs> Shit. Because they're gonna go, hey, it's, you don't have anyone from San Diego, you know. <laughs> it's a whole different ocean down there. Is it? It's tough up here. It is. Very it is. tough to, to to get a bite. Yep. Is it, I feel like that's kind of like even with freshwater fishing, like California is very pressured compared to mm-hmm. back east mm-hmm. where it's a different bite. Just uh, the pressure, you think, or just the fishery up this no, way? Is just I, I think we have pressure. And then uh-huh. on the lakes, you know, the water's clear. Yeah. You know, you go back east and it's all muddy and murky and any purple worm will work. <laughs> and, you know, out here we've got guys fishing. Do you freshwater fish a lot too? Oh, I love it. Okay, yeah, cool. I love it. cool. Yeah, love it. <laughs> You're not a Nazi about it like this guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not either. Uh, no. Do you freshwater fish too, bro? I do. Oh, Wherever cool. there's water. Really? Wherever I can get a bite, I, I, I fish the local city parks. Yeah. yeah. I fish the yep. aqueduct a lot during uh, the closure because that was the only place I can go. Oh. And I yeah. destroyed the striper. <laughs> yeah. nice. That's something I still want to do. I mean, I've been reading Fishing Network for 10 years, and they have those, uh, I think it's like Baco Boys, Bakerfield guy that just oh, killed Aqueducts. The aqueducts. Oh, yeah, they, they're yeah. good. Yeah. We used to sell quite a few uh, chrome and blue wide better We better not talk about this because this is one of the questions that you're going to answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover questions? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. We'll, we'll jump into these because there is a right. shitload, and I mean, I want to make sure you guys get <laughs> give a good answer each person you know this is a great one so i'm gonna fuck these names up for sure because i can't pronounce your instagram names guys um old guin right underscore ryan uh how come east coast fishermen don't utilize surface irons as much well you know uh you know we it's it works 
it definitely works. It works on stripers. It works on bluefish. It works on tuna. You know, they have a lot of similar fish as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different fishery. You know, um, they don't use surface iron as much. You know, but they they fish a lot of you know diamond jigs, if you will. You know, it's a I guess you could call it a yo-yo jig. Yeah. Um, and we're 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 starting to break into that market um, more and more every year. Um, so guys are guys are fishing stripers and bluefish um quite a bit now um you know crocodiles always worked over there guys fish crocodiles a lot um not not terribly different than a service iron so you know it it can work it definitely could work okay i have some input on that one the reason that guys don't throw the service iron over there is because they can't cast conventional reel that's the truth. <laughs> I was in Florida a couple of years ago for this. this yeah. I love gig. it. I love it right off the bat. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. These guys are fucking well, assholes. I go out with these guys and this 82 foot center console, whatever it is, with yeah. nine outboards on it. And, you know, they, they get all the tech tackle and all this stuff. And they got all their conventional reels set up as trolling rods. Yeah. Right. So we're fishing, uh, I don't even know, they call them uh, black sea bass. It's like, it's not, it's the little black, uh, whatever, East Coast thing. And we're catching these American red snapper. And they've got some swim baits on on the boat. And these guys are all fishing cut shrimp and everything. They got all the Akuma gear out there. It's Akuma sponsored and the thing. So I cut off one of the trolling lures and I tie it on to the uh, the trolling rod. I fire out that swim bait, catch a couple, you know, like six, seven pound of these red snapper. And uh, the deckhand on the boat comes over me. He's all, where are you from? I'm like, California. He's all, I knew you weren't from here. You could actually cast one of those reels. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And hey, yeah, spin- that's that's the weird thing too. I mean, why does, doesn't anyone back east use... They don't use bait casters as much, and spinning reels are much more efficient for fishing with. Okay, um, and their lures, a lot of the hard baits and stuff that they fish are designed around spinning tackle. Okay, it's kind of tough to fish a surface iron on a spinning rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't really get the right cadence due to yeah. the, the uh, line pickup. Yeah, uh, agreed. Here's a uh, again, and if you guys, if a question pops out to you guys that you think that's a good question, let me know. I'm gonna put a check mark next to it for giveaway. Best question, we'll get, you know, the prize back. Um, we'll start with uh, Brian on this one. I don't know. I don't know much about iron, so you'll probably know what they're talking about. Uh, what's your opinion on the DW1 and the OCT10? I know they swim well, but have you hung a fish? Um, my opinion is uh, I'm an old school guy. I haven't even picked one up. Really? <laughs> Those are CNC'd? Daddy, Salas. those are those are new. Uh, the OC tens, I believe, are CNC. Yeah, yeah, the, one cool tuna or yeah. something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we wouldn't know that one. We might, you guys might get a little different answer because a lot of these guys are old school. Do you fish I'm, CNC stuff? I don't fish anything like that. And you know what? I it's a it's a tool. A jig is no different than a, a hammer or a saw or anything right. else in your toolbox. Right. If you, you want to be very familiar with that tool, and if you're familiar with it, you're going to maximize your output with it. I do well enough with the lures I've been fishing for 30 years that I don't really see, see the need. I can't, I can't imagine there's some magic bullet out there that's going to be... It, it looks just like all the other jigs, so I can't imagine how spending but the extra money... But you said a good point right now, I think. Um, it's a tool, so almost you got to learn that tool very well if you want to know how to use it correctly when you're fishing. Hundreds of thousands of casts. Because of thousands. Yes. You're, you're, you're thinking of that as not just a lure you're throwing out, but that's a piece of, your, of, of the whole piece of the pie you're trying to figure out because you need to figure out how to work that thing correctly right well right. that's one of the things 
I don't want to be the only one talking here, but that's one of the things I'll stop after this. But that's one of no, the no, things. No, no, I mean, like, yeah. everyone, if you guys want yeah. to jump in, like, that's the whole purpose is to get three different points right, of view, yeah. you know? That, like, that's one of the things about Service Iron is that you're not just winding it in. The guys that are really good at fishing it are actually making it do something. Right. Changing yep, the speed right. of the retrieve. And I mean, right. it becomes brainless after a while, but we're yeah. fishing it very differently than somebody who's just reeling it in. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Brian right. could probably uh, tell you a little bit more about that. <laughs> He's got his, his time coming up. There's a good one for you coming up, too. Okay. <laughs> um, same thing. You guys really don't use those type irons, so you can't really cap. I mean, can't, can't comment I mean, on it. I, I've never, I've never, yeah, I've never used Do you one. fish anything but Taddy? Um, not really. Will um, you, though? I mean, ha- you I mean, fish throw sol- a solace I, or yeah, something? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. Of course I've thrown a solace. And, okay. uh, you know, it's, uh, they make great lures. You okay. know, you know, they make great lures, you know, um, and they've been around. Uh, since you know, probably 1957, just wow. before we started, yeah. you know, right up, right about the same time. That little shop at Southgate, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think they're still there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's you know, not to get off subject, but I guess a lot of I've I've heard that a lot of people believe that Taddy Lures and Solace were comp- were competitors, and we and we butt heads, which is totally not true. Um, our families, you know. Matt Solace's dad, you know, goes back to my grandfather and we've always tried to work together versus against each other or try, you know, we never try to, I don't know how to explain, you know, no, I feel uh, like screw, there's, there's we never try to screw each other. They made their own lures. We made ours, you know, and we both felt, well, Hey, you know, you make a great product. I make a great product. We don't need to copy each other. Anyone, What's the point? Has anyone ever copied your lure? Oh yeah, like uh, a oh, big yeah. deal. Too sharp. Like, oh yeah. I mean, who did? There's been a. There's been. There's been quite a few. I mean, Too Sharp copied us. You know, I heard a story. I don't know if I. If you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. If I can ask, you mind if I ask you? Yeah. But, what's up? Uh, I heard that someone copied your lure and you guys kind of one up them. Um. Yeah. Well, it was Too Sharp. It was a Too Sharp. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Two Sharp started that originally started out making um, fishing reel components, okay, uh, reel clamps or bases and things like that. And uh, what year was this? Ooh, this is early nineties. Really? Yeah, this yeah. is a while ago. This okay. is a while ago. And uh, we met them at the show, in fact, at Fred Hall, and uh, introduced. You know, they introduced themselves and nice, you know, real nice, friendly guys. And uh, we all kind of just, you know, okay, cool. That's you know, that's great. You guys got clamps. You know, neat product. You know. Next thing you know, they have a a copy of the forty five. They have a copy of our C. You know, our two best sellers, and uh, and what we did as kind of a a reaction to that was we call it in this podcast we call it, you pull out the dick you big dick <laughs> you big dick well we we pulled out the dick <laughs> and we sold it cheap. <laughs> so, you know, the deal was. We made we made a new mold, which was really easy. All we had to do was cover our Taddy Lure name with a with a sticker, and we bought a rubber stamp that said "Copycat" and a oh, and a lightning a and a lightning bolt rubber stamp. <laughs> painted them up, word. painted them up, stamped them up, sold them for a dollar a piece. Did you make those under Taddy, or was that under another? Um, it was made by Taddy, but it says it wasn't a Taddy. It lure, doesn't it? say Taddy on oh, it. It says "Copycat." <laughs> And, man, uh, that is that's that's such a fucking good idea, man. Caught some fish on those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's they can 
how do you compete? They can't, they can't sell it for a dollar. No. They can't afford it. No. We can. Yeah. We can. Is well, it, the thing is, is, is they blatantly copied you guys. It's like, what the hell? You know, like, you know, they, that's, that's the world sad. today, though, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that was '92 uh, though. I was fucking even worse. The, the jigs actually came out a little bit later than that because I remember those being around during the '98 El Nino. So I think the jigs, I think the the, the plates uh, for the reels came around in the early '90s and the rest came around '95, '96. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you guys want water too, I got you guys. Appreciate water, crosses, yeah. crosses. Um, we'll move to the next one. Uh, that was Big Daddy D1. The previous. Oh no, this is Big Daddy D1. Uh, what do you look for when throwing irons, birds, boils, diving? Uh, first of all, I, I need to see something. I'm yeah. a, I'm a condition oriented guy. I know that ocean ain't gonna produce if you don't have the conditions. Uh, you need some current. Yeah. You need some some activity. If you don't have no activity, nine times out of ten, a blind strike. You know, it's not gonna happen. Uh, you gotta go. What's going? Have you on. had it happen before? Yes, I have. Okay. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. It's, it's catch-22. Uh, you never know. I, I remember uh, one time we was we were sitting at Rocky Point. I'm looking around. Nothing going on. And I tied a candy bar, 200 on. I made a cast and it looked like a fucking sea lion. Well, <laughs> on my jig. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I threw it back out there. I hung a 35-pound yellow. Oh, fuck. Got him. Yeah. Threw it back out there. I hung another one, and he got off. Shit. I threw it back out there and hung a 40-pound yellow. And it was like, everybody was like, give me that jig, give me that jig. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I was at work, though. Yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, my jobs, my job allowed me to do that. You know what I mean? And and Talk about loving your job, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have to do that in order to show people that, that things can be done yes. if you think outside the box. I was thinking outside the box at the moment because nothing was going on. And it's mm-hmm. that's happened so much to me because I spent a lot of time on the water. You know what I mean? I'm out there. Play. You know, you know, no matter what fishery we're talking about, every angler says time on the water. It sounds like such a cheesy well, yeah. thing to say, but it's it's like what do they say how many repetitions to be like good at 10,000 hours or something like that in their book. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's time on the water is just like putting the same, you know? Actually focusing on it because you could put time on the water and not be doing shit, though. Right? I mean, yeah, not, exactly. not not thinking, just fucking, man. True. You know, I mean, but yeah. depending, putting, focusing that time on the water and actually focusing and thinking right, and thinking outside right. the box. So one yeah. of the things, along those same lines is, you know, especially if you're a private boat guy, you can go there and throw the iron all day. Yeah. Jimmy will do that all the time. Uh, I tend not to. I get tired out throwing a jig nonstop for nothing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm fishing yellows, I'm a, even when I'm a sport boat or on a skip, and there is some bird activity and stuff like that happening, it looks like there's yellows in the area, I will hold off with casting until I have a target to cast at. And that could be a bird that stalls out for a second. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. a high-flying turn that comes down low to the water. And that's something that we, I, I'm sure a lot of guys already know, maybe some don't. The higher the birds are, the deeper the fish are they're looking at. Mm. As a fish come to the surface, the birds come down because they want to intercept whatever they're catching. Oh, shit. So if you see a high-flying turn, it locks in and starts flying down towards the water. You want to have a jig in the air right where he's going to land and start winding before he even gets there. Because there's likely to come up a yellowtail going to come up chasing a bait right there. What a great piece of information, too. I mean, Yeah, the birds, very important. Yeah. yeah. 
And and you know the the thing is is I have so many different uh, ages of fishermen and, and and experience, so it's like that little piece of information might give someone sure you and know the, a whole nother outlook, you know. So yeah. it's always good to hear something like that. And I the mean, mistake the guys make to cast constantly, yeah, you got more time in the water with your jig, but if you're halfway through a retrieve of a blind cast and that bird comes down, there's no way you're getting your jig in and recasting where it needs to be in the amount of in the what two seconds you have to do it. Right. 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 A lot of it, too, is you, you have to pay attention to what's going on, too, man. A lot of people right. are stuck looking at the water or looking at their line or doing whatever they do. You know what I mean? Um, if you're not, if your head is not up, a lot of times you won't see little things. Sure. Too. So when you're working on the boat, what is the biggest correction you usually do like to someone? Like, say, some, say someone's casting a jig and you're like, hey try to do this what is something they always do wrong that you like to correct them on wind it too fast really yeah <laughs> yeah not letting it swim huh well the, these reels are so fast nowadays you know they're seven to one you know seven something to one even and 45s and seven x's and and star men's they were designed you know you know 50 60 you know, 40 50 years ago when reels were <laughs> did you read the fucking questions joey you son of a bitch <laughs> You know, they're four to one one jig masters or newels and, you know, and guys wondering, well, well, you know, my jig comes in surfaces while you're fishing a six to seven to one reel and you're burning it so fast. You know, oftentimes I think what happens is they oftentimes see a, a crew member on a boat winding fast, but they're fishing a newel. They're fishing a pen jig master and they want to imitate the deckhand, which is great, except the gear is different. You have a modern, the customer has a modern reel, deckhand has a newel, he has a jig master, he has a pen foro, you know, and they're, they're just flat out slower. The will rhyme- you, will you, so that you pretty much asked, uh, answered Michael Ernest's question. It says, does a higher ratio of modern reels, six to one, seven to one, make a difference when fishing the iron compared to a slower wheel and when jigs were created? Well, you answered I mean, that already. It sure, does. sure it does. It's nice to have the speed because you don't have to wind as fast. It's easier on your body, you know, and with the new reels, you know, you could have high speed and still have a good amount of torque. In the past, it was the opposite. You could have high speed, low torque. It, it, it didn't work out. Nowadays, new gearing, everything, it, you know, you have the almost, you pretty much have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it ruins the learning curve a little because the thing is, is, I always want fucking well, guys are going to be right, like doing this. Right, if you had right. that three to one or four to one, you'd be doing that and it'd be working sure. right. And you know, sure. like, right. But well, one, when, of the, uh, one of the things we learned, at, you know, we're fishing on sport boats over the years. You know, I started fishing the Trinidad's when they first came out with Spectre line. I've been, I, I was thinking about that too. I started fishing Spectre in about like 2003 for jigs. And a lot of guys weren't doing it then. So I had the high speed reel. These guys have, Newells or jig masters, and we'd be fishing Barracuda. And I'd watch my buddy get bit. I'm watching how he's winding, and I could do this fucking math in my head. Okay, I'm seven to one. He's five to one. He's got three quarters of the spool <laughs> yeah. line. I guess like, oh, there's one, you know. Right. And then you kind of right. pick it up. You know, you have to be attentive to that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I fish Spectre, all Spectre now. Yeah. I, I I went away from the mono. I'm an all Spectre guy. Wow. It's a little mm. tougher because of the backlashing factor so much, um, but I, I'm pretty good at it. You know what I mean? I've pretty much mastered how to cast spectra now. And it's it's I was even fishing this year. Fifty pound power pro. Right. For Barracuda. 
and, yeah. and everybody say 65 or better, 80 pound. I was fishing 50 pound and whacking them. Yeah. That thing fished like gold. I yeah. mean, it was, I was, I was shocked. Because yeah. I, well, I, I listened to what everybody else say. <laughs> everybody, it's, it's, the internet. Yeah. It's, it's, right, it's, not, right. it's not always true. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, could, you could experiment yourself. And learn what works for you. Yeah, the best. yeah. And, that, well, that's, and lighter, lighter listen. spectra cast better. It's you know things swim better. You know I've my new setup for rock cotton is uh, is twenty uh, thirty pound spectra. You know when normally I was fishing sixty five or eighty pound spectra do fifty pound top shot. Now it's it's down to twenty or thirty pound spectra. The jigs swim better. It goes down the the lure itself goes down quicker <laughs> yeah. and smoother. Um, and it comes up easier. Um, now you can get away with a a really small reel and uh, have still have 300 yards of line on it. And uh, it's just super easy to fish versus, you know, a four-aught with 80-pound Dacron or 100-pound Dacron or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely changed. Yeah. So modern, you know, yeah. technology has modernized quite a bit. You yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a another here's here's a good one. Kevin one in fish. Uh is it worth the money to spend or is it is it worth it to spend money on a CNC jig with a guarantee swim versus <laughs> a couple of cheaper mold cast irons with no guarantee? I think you kinda well, said something I, a little bit on it. You earlier. know, I mean you know, I'm not, I don't want to tell anybody how to spend their money. You know, if you have the money you but want, your, and your you point enjoy of view, it. We, we want your point of view. So, you know, I, uh, I think the, the claim, the, you're assuming that, that OC, the, the, the CNC jig swims the best. That's what you're, you're assuming it as it's a guaranteed swimmer because it, you spent $50 on that jig. I, I, you know, that's to each his own, to each his own, what you feel a jig swims good to each his own. Um, you know, but even a, a die casted jig, it is plus or minus 1%. You telling me a fish can tell plus or minus 1% an angler can tell plus or minus 1%. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. You, there's so many other factors that play into that jig, whether it be the diameter of the ring, the, the design of the lure, you know, the whole, the, the, how big the hole is of the jig, how big your hook is, mm-hmm. your welded, your welded ring. Where the weld know, is on the ring. You cannot, line, yeah. you, you cannot control those things down to plus or minus 1%. So, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, it, to each his own, how, you know, I've, I've spent a lot more than $50 on largemouth bass swim baits, you know, <laughs> and, uh, like 250, for you know, <laughs> right, right. And my, and my biggest bass to date is still on a purple worm. Yeah. So with a mustad hook, you know, yeah. I mean, so it, it's, again, it's, it's the angler. Um, but again, a molded jig, you know, if we're talking die cast and molded jigs, it's plus or minus 1%. So the, it, I think another thing that people, I've heard this before from people is that, when you find a swimmer, a uh-huh. tatty swimmer, why can't that be replicated over and over again? And that's a question. You too. know, it's it it, it kind of goes back and forth. You know, all the jigs were sandcasted at one point. Not one jig is going to be exactly the same. And the reason being is you have human beings 
hand grinding it, hand cutting it, drilling the holes by hand, countersink, you know, all these different things. It's impossible to make them exactly the same. Do you think that's what makes Taddy Taddy like you? It's almost like you're searching for a treasure. Now, if, if one doesn't work the way you want it to, you could modify it, correct? I've, okay. I've, I've never have. Okay. Have, but, but you know what I'm saying? Say, <laughs> say you wanted a certain swim, but the, the thing is, is okay, you're spending for a uh, CNC jig, what, 60 bucks, 70 bucks? Are whatever. they really that much? I think they're in the fifties. That's seen, fucking ridiculous. We'll say it is okay. Uh, how much is a taddy? Uh, fifteen bucks. Okay, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pro staff. No, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> no. no. See truck. It's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so it's like kind of the the <laughs> kind of the mystery of like going to make sure you can go out and pick your like what what would you you know yeah, is yeah. that part of it. Well, or you could if you want to talk. Go ahead, well, Ryan. Go. When I find a swimmer, man, I I will search high and low to get something that that's pretty much the same. I take that jig around to the tackle shop and, and yeah. try to match it. Right. You know what right. I mean? There's thousands and thousands of jigs out there. You you could find some good jigs, man. Still on the shelf. You know, there's there's I, there's I plenty one, of good jigs. I found yeah. one this week and I bought it that morning at Twenty Second Street Landing. Just so happened. Barracuda was biting down at the Isers, and I fucked them up on that <laughs> yeah. same jig yeah. I just bought off the shelf because I know what to look for. Yeah, you know it's uh, guys. Guys talk about that magic swimming jig a lot, right? That's it's the jig, right? It's always a jig. Well, in my, it's it's the angler. Brian here, Eric here, can take any jig and catch fish on it. Because they're good. They're on the water all the time. They know what they're doing. They can make that jig swim, whether it's a fast retrieve or a slow retrieve. They know what to look for, how to make that jig swim. So then if that's the case, can you make any jig swim? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. It's really yeah. not the one. It's the magician. In all cases, fishing. <laughs> but you know what well, Joey's saying? Honestly, you know, when you're winding a jig, I don't even need to see the jig. I can feel how it feels right, against my thumb right. as I'm guiding the line back to know whether it's swimming right or not. Yeah. I can watch my line, especially with the spectrum. I can watch my line or my top shot, and if it's moving the way I want it to move, I know that, that jig is swimming. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's you know politically correct to say anymore, but people like people like to blame the arrow, but you know they never want to blame the Indian. Yeah. You know, and you know, you we could, son of a bitch racist. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just I mean, we could be in we could be in a room full of beautiful beautiful guitars. I can't play one, you know. You, that, that could be a million dollar guitar. Yeah, that don't mean it. Don't mean anything to me. I can't play it worth True. a shit, yeah. you know. So just like any musician can take any, 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 any guitar out of you know and make it sound and make it good, sound yeah. wonderful. Yeah, you know. So it's yeah. it's still the, it's the angler people. It's 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 not this 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 mischief. Oh, we we got to find this magic jig or because I feel like know, a lot of people go. You found you find. They find that swimmer or they make that CNC perfect. So guess what? Now they got a file. They can write that same jig over and over and over. I get, you know. Right? I think that that's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's that much variation. Like Joey said, there might have been a lot more variation back in the old days with the tatty right. jigs. I remember right. the old right. candy bars used to have variation because the guy would hit it with a sledgehammer to put the candy bar thing on the back and bend the jig slightly. Yep. Um, I don't. 
I can usually go to Joey if I need jigs nowadays, but even 10 years ago, I'd walk into Save on Tackle, see a peg full of mint and white 45s, and just grab the whole peg and go down and look at anything. Yeah. And they all work. You know, some feel a little different. But talking about the perfect swim or this guaranteed swim in these CNC jigs, um, what's the right swim? Right. And some days right. those fucking right. Barracuda, and you know what? I keep talking about Barracuda. I'm going to expand a little bit here. Barracuda are what makes anybody a good jig fisherman. Really? We don't have that many of them around anymore, but there was days where, you know, there'd be 250 caught on the boat for 50 people, and three guys would have 180 of them. <laughs> and that's because we know what we're doing. Yeah. And right. it's just, right. Right. you know, with Barracuda, if you could figure out how to get them to bite a jig on any given day, and you could repeat that, you can get to every fucking fish in that school if you could maintain that thing. So you go and you try a very different variations of retrieve until you get that first bite. You know exactly what you did to get that bite, and you do it again. Now you got a pattern. Now you just knock them dead. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had days like that. Uh, I mean, the Barracuda and the Bass and Bonita, you know, if, if guys are getting into the sport of jig fishing, that is the perfect fish to learn on. Mm-hmm. Perfect yep. fish. You, if you and can get them to bite, it's... It's all practice. That's you it. You know what I mean? It. It, if you don't practice, you're not going to get good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and practicing is not just blind casting. Practicing is making a cast making the jig do something, yeah, seeing right. what your result is, adjusting it, and making it happen. And one of my favorite things to do when I used to fish sport boats was I'd figure out the Barracuda, get him the bite. And I did when my partner, Matt, was first fishing with me on the sport boats. He had, wasn't very good with the jig, so I'd catch one and then cast it again. I know he's watching me whine, so I, as soon as he looks over, I start whining differently than I would. I'll speed it up or slow it down. The second he walks away, I'll go back to my normal one and hang another one. <laughs> And he would get so frustrated. He'd be tying on jigs, mm-hmm. taking them off. Just like, what the fuck, right, man? Right, but that's right. the fun part about it. Yeah. <laughs> he had a question for you, Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <I'm> like, <laughs> so you might as well read the question. It's I didn't funny. write it down. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Matt asked something about how many jigs I lose in a yeah. day or whatever. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> I am the king of casting jigs off on Specker. I, I cast extremely aggressively. And if I do hit that backlash like Brian talks about, I've lost three or four jigs in a day. Shit. I mean, I'm shoving the fucking things. And that's why I just buy a whole peg worth, because I really don't give a shit. But, yeah. you know, there's days where I don't lose one. I, I've had jigs I've caught a couple hundred yellows on over a few years. But I've also had jigs that I've not even caught a single fish on before I lost it. Yeah. So that's just the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Uh, Cha-ching. <laughs> um, <laughs> next one from Trout Maid. Top three colors for new jig chuckers. Mint and white, mint and white, mint and white. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sam, mint white. Just focus on uh, mint and all, white. All mint. Just to focus or, on or, that. Or scrambled egg. Okay. It, yeah, you Same know, thing. I mean, it's 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 something similar to that. I mean, our our best sellers are those colors, and especially as especially recently, it's it's just mint mint or mint and white or any type of mint variation. Um, I was I, I try to tell people, you know, I mean, probably same with freshwater is. You know, you want to have a lighter color or a, a bait pattern color, which is a blue and white or a mint and white, a squid color, you know, something brown or purple, you know, scrambled egg, um, and then a chrome a, a chrome jig. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if you can't catch fish on those three kind of jigs, you're you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and I you know just recently one of the I sold some jigs and uh, for a charter and. Uh, He's a well, very well-known, you know, person down in San Diego, and he, he, I said, "Well, what kind of jigs do you want?" He says, "Blue and white and scrambled egg." I said, "That's all. That's it. That that's all. You don't want anything new, fancy, crazy." He goes, "Nope. If you can't catch them on a blue and white or a scrambled egg, then you're doing something wrong." 
you know, so that's that, you know, so, but again, you know, mint and white is, and mint is just been so hot lately. So hot lately. Yeah. Money, Um, money, 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 money. (laughs) I have a theory on why that mint mint or mint and white is a good color for, or gets more bites than their jigs do, is that that profile is very subtle and it's very pastel-y. And I think that it, it's hard for the fish to judge the size of that bait. So you can have a large jig that from below doesn't have real hard edges because it kind of blends with the water, which can look like a smaller bait. So a lot of times if you have a hard colors on a jig, like black, purple, and white, that was a real good color back in the days for Barracuda, you'd have to fish a double A. You couldn't get bit right. on a 45 mm-hmm. or a C. But if you have a mint and white jig, they'll, they'll bite it regardless of what size uh, bait they're chasing. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Here's a good one. Uh, this is from Suck a Butt. <laughs> I love the names. Um, what is the greatest jig rod, and what rod would compare to that today? Ooh. So say if there was a rod they didn't make, or they don't make anymore, what would that be comparable to today? The Eric. most popular old rod was the Harnell 542, yep. which yeah. was horrible. Yeah, you could throw that in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a ton. Yeah. yeah. Bent through the handle. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's funny when you bring but up the Harnells. It was, it was, it was, it was, the way they designed it, it was, it was a slingshot. Mm-hmm. And it would fire your jig a fucking mile. Yeah. And you could cover water with that slingshot it, effect. It was heavy at the top, fucking thin in the middle, and heavy on the bottom. And it, it was... It is a parabolic rod, and it casts. It does cast a jig a mile. It's just kicks it, your fucking ass if you hang just, a big fish on it. Yep. Really? Yeah. You know, and uh, that, that is, people. People. People have said that the CUI is the closest thing to the Harnell, which I have both, and I, I beg to differ personally. The CUI is a parabolic rod, but it still shuts off. It's half the weight, um, you know, and that's you know it. it, it it's a nice rod, you know, if you like, if you like fiberglass, um, you know, it's pretty old school. It's still, it's still fairly heavy. It's, it doesn't, uh, move through the wind or the air very well, you know, um, it's still casts, a, it's nice cause it casts small jigs to 45s in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, and I, it, it's nice. It, it's, it's good. And for local stuff, bass, barracuda, local yellowtail, I think it's great. Um, you know, you start talking about bigger tuna or anything like that, or uh, Guadalupe yellowtail. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd 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 go with something else. But you know, the rod that I personally like that's still made today is the Calstar 90J. It's a fiberglass rod, but that's kind of a standard rod. It's been around forever. Um, but I can do damn near anything with it. You know, surface iron, small yo-yo jigs, mm-hmm. throwing bait. Um, and that that's my favorite rod um i also have the phoenix 909 xh which is really nice um and those are kind of my two go-tos i guess you could say that i use the most um it's nice because it the phoenix is nice because it's lightweight it moves through the air really quick uh and you could fish it all day Mm -hmm. and not be fatigued so me right now uh i'm I'm a calistar guy i like I like Cal- I like Seeker too. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I have them both, uh, a bunch of both of them too, and I have I have a couple Phoenixes, the hybrids. I like them, uh, but but my go-to rod, if I had to choose one rod, would be a Hunter J, yeah, a GF Hunter J. That fucking thing is badass. You can fish yeah. a double A, you can you can yo-yo with it. You can throw a bait with it. You can the thing's light 
and, and I can fish with it all day. Mm-hmm. Back when I was a little younger, though, I used to love a fucking Alua. The, 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 the 93H. Like, mm-hmm. for yellows, I would go down to San Diego and fish with Booger. And, and then some, some days, that's all I would use. I have an old black glass one that would, it just started, like, recently beating the shit out of me. But I know when I was a little younger, when I was a little younger, that's all I would throw yeah. all day. Yeah. Or, or, and then some Seekers, too. Like, yeah. uh. 90M White Tiger, uh, that thing was a fucking beast, man. Yeah, there's a lot of different rods that you could use nowadays that that's that's good for jigs. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, but but my top rod would be either Hunter J, and then and then they made a a beefier one which is a Hunter Mag, and 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 that rod kind of made me famous in 2015, 2014, 2016. All right, you know what I mean, uh, but. I was catching fish way before then too, <laughs> but that's when they came out with that rod, and it's it's really nice. Yeah. So the funny thing about that alua is um, nobody was fishing those at all. They made them for actually fishing alua in Hawaii, and they had a five foot extension butt on them. Right. And uh, same on tackle. My buddies were working there, and they accidentally ordered one of those, or they shipped it accidentally. It sat in the rod rack there, the blank rack, for like two years. We were hanging out at the shop one day. We're pulling them. We're like, man, I don't know. This thing looks really heavy. I'm like, why don't we just build it and see how it fishes? You know, so I bought the thing, built it. It's like, wow. We went down a long range of slaying yellows on it, throwing on like 15-pound yellows. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, like the crew down there at uh, Jeff Dubuis and whoever else was on the qualifier at the time, they're like, oh, will you build us some? And then everybody's fishing these, these things. But the problem with, with these heavier rods is, and this was before that everybody was fishing a 540 or a 90J or a 100J, which have a lot more tip. When the guys started the Alua thing, now everybody wants to pitch some kind of Alua that's got a very stiff tip. With that stiff tip, you lose the ability to throw lighter jigs. So you can't throw a C. You can't really can. How about a double A light? How far is that going to go with an Alua? Yeah, Two feet. So <laughs> my personal preference, especially since I started fishing Spectre, I used to fish all glass. Um, I switched to graphic composite rods. I was fishing Calistar before I started fishing Rain Shadow. Uh, 900M and 900H for my service iron rods. I always use a nine-foot rod because I used to have a cover on the back of my truck and I couldn't fit a 10-foot rod back there. So everything went down. Everything got cut to nine foot after that. <laughs> but um, now I'm fishing the, the same thing. Actually, I'm, since I'm a skip guy, I'm fishing eight or a nine-foot. Uh, 80M, which is a medium-action graphite composite for yellows and tuna and stuff, and I have a, a nine-foot uh, graphite composite I fish for bass and, and yellows as well. And, you know, it, having to... The multiple lengths. We were on a sport, but I wouldn't fish anything shorter than nine foot. Maybe okay. go with a ten foot rock. You need that extra casting distance. But on the skip, if I can't reach them, I can just drive over there. You know, <laughs> right. and uh, right. I, I still fish the longer rod for calicos because a lot. You know, if I'm fishing yellows on my skip, I'm seeing yellowtail that I'm casting to, so I don't need to cast very far. But if I'm fishing calicos, I'm covering a lot of water. That extra footed rod gives you, I'd say, a good fifteen or twenty feet more distance hmm. Hmm. on your cast, and you then, don't got to get closer to the beach. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get scary. <laughs> um, here's another one. Uh, this is fishing for real. Are certain jigs used more for a reaction bite than rather a fooled than bite? If so, what are best for each? I don't understand that that much, but you guys probably You mean me like, a, well. Uh, so like a reaction bite, I guess. What's a well, fooled them bite? Okay, well, I guess like the 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 new 4.0 light, it's, it swims very fast, in my opinion. It's a fast-moving jig. So I think you're going to trigger, you're going to trigger those fish to, to, to eat it, you know, a little bit more so than 
a slower moving jig like a A1 or even maybe a, or even a 45. Um, I think that I think that's what he means. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, but there's you know, I've I've always felt like slow moving jigs work really well for Barracuda. Oh, yeah. um, and bass. So I fish a lot of A1s, a lot of Cs, a lot of smaller jigs, I guess you could say. Um, you know, they, they get bit off every now and then, but that's, you know, good for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? On that, on that same token with that, that uh, if they're trying to fool them or trying to get a reaction bite, you know, I think that anytime you're throwing a jig, you're trying to convince a fish that this is a bait fish swimming along. And a lot of times, you know, you'll have fish, yellows, bass, barracuda, whatever. They get pulling right behind that jig, and they follow it all the way to the boat. Yeah. And anybody that's thrown a jig a lot knows that. And that's what they're interested. They're not hungry. They're not reacting to it. They're like, oh, what's this? So if they pull up behind a bait fish like that, bait fish is going to take off, and they're going to chase it down and eat it. And that's the reason they don't do it. They just follow because they're like, why, why is this bait fish not swimming away from me? So when I'm fishing a jig during the cast, I will bury the retrieve to make it. So basically, imagine your jig swimming along at a normal cadence. And I take a short pause, and I take two or three real quick turns to handle. Yeah. That looks like that bait fish just realized there's a fish behind it right. and will take off. I don't know if there's a fish behind it or not when I'm making that happen, but a lot of times that bite will come right then, which okay. tells you that you just cre- caused that fish behind your jig to react. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I see if I see seeing a lot of followers, I'll oftentimes speed up my retrieve just a little bit. Just a little bit, but uh, it, you know they're 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 looking at it too much. They're thinking about it too much. You want them to basically react to it. Yeah. Don't give them too much time to think about it. Oh. Just 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 cast it, wind it in. You know, you you can't be too fast where you're, where the jig's coming out of the water, of course, or it's spinning like a top. But if they're following it, I'd say if you just wind it just a little bit faster, yeah. you're doing something right. They're looking at it, so just wind it a little bit faster. And, and then there are those times when. They're not going to bite the jig. They'll follow it, but they won't bite it. Yeah. They won't bite it no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I didn't have plenty of that, too. You know what I mean? And it's like, throw them a fucking bait, dude. They'll eat that shit. Right, right. Bait, guys. <laughs> What's the, uh, this is from Leroy Smith, 85. Weirdest species caught on an iron. So I'm thinking. Weirdest. Yeah, not not a calico, something else. So for me, it's not real strange, but um, not the fish one's so strange. It's just the happenstance of it. I was fishing uh, on the horseshoe kelp on an afternoon half day trip in like May. And we're catching barracuda. I throw out the service iron. I'm like, oh, I got a yellow or something. It was like a twelve pound dorado, in like mm. I don't know sixty one degree water or something. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> wow, it's odd. <laughs> for me, uh, uh. Hmm. I've caught a hell of it on the surface iron. Yep. Yep. How long did it take to pick out that backlash? I sank it out. It was a double A, and I sank it out. And a little blue and white jig, and he ate it. <laughs> and um, uh, that was a long time ago, though. When it was actually still halibut up in the bay. <laughs> and uh, um, I think one of the best ones was I caught like a 40-pound black sea bass Shit. at Clemente in the shittiest fucking conditions. <laughs> And it, I think that was like one of the best jigs I ever had. And it was a Taddy 9 of all things. Wow. And I caught fucking everything on that jig. <laughs> I, caught my first, I caught my first bluefin on that jig. I caught a white sea bass when I was fishing the Malahini on that jig. Uh, I caught a white sea bass on the Malahini, same boat, same year with that jig. And, and then one day, the same day I caught the bluefin on that jig, uh, a yellow took that jig from me. 
at the Coronados on the Ridge. And I was so sad. <laughs> um, so sad. Yeah. I was like, I haven't caught any F bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can say yeah. fuck all you want. <laughs> uh, it, it saddened me shit. to lose that jig because that was, that was by far the best jig I ever had. Yeah. I haven't I haven't caught anything weird in the ocean. Um, I caught a trout on a service iron, so that was you know that was kind of cool. That's pretty well, cool. Yeah, that's you really know, cool. I think it was uh it was on an A one. Wow. Um, caught a trout, but in the ocean, I mean, I snagged or uh, well, I, don't know, I guess you want to call it snag, but it was a uh, an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then I forgot about this one, but he was there. Yeah. Uh, Eric was there. We had they put together this jig chuckers ball. Okay, look, that uh, question's yeah. coming up. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> hold on, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll go to the next one. I think this is no, but it says, "Do you use wire in the kelp?" No, no. There was guys that used to wire their jigs, uh-huh. especially the guys in San Diego, Buzz Prison Dean, guys like that were doing it, and uh, they used single strand piano wire. And I've I've wired up jigs when uh, back in those days. Hopefully to give the lure a better action. Right. But I found that by using Specker to do a very short liter of heavier fluorocarbon, I'll fish 80-pound fluorocarbon, it, it basically has the same effect on the uh, thing. It just gives it something straight to go off of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I wire my jigs still. Um, and, and the only reason being is I've seen some fantastic fishermen kill fish right next to me, and I wasn't wired, and just... We have the same jigs. Everything's the same. Even same rod, same reel. He's hooking yellows. I'm not. The only difference was he had a wire. So wow. Um, mm. I, I think wire works. I think wire works. Is, is it is it always necessary? Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it it what it does is it adds pivot points to your jig. Your line isn't directly tied to the ring of the jig. There's a haywire twist on the on the ring. It's there's a loop. And you have, and usually a small, a solid stamp ring to your main line, so that's not tied directly because it's wire. So you have all these extra small pivot points, and uh, you know I think it works good. You know, um, same thing. The lighter the wire, the better. You know, the better action you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. Use that what like ninety pound or whatever. No, no, no. I mean, everybody's nowadays. It's like that thirty-two pound or forty-four oh, really? pound that light. single strand wire. I mean, I will tell people to go lighter, you know. But <laughs> of, <laughs> of course, course you do. do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they gym swing really good. On new truck, pound, right? too, that new truck, you know? that new truck. <laughs> well, the, the good news you know. on a skiff, if there's if they're biting wire and not biting mono, I'll never know because I don't have anybody fishing yeah. wire next to me. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, I know a couple guys that still do it too, and they 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 do all right. All right. That was from uh, Minger and West. That's a good uh, question, though. This next one's from Toxic Bait. Uh, which irons kick the weirdest, and which are the best for burning or skip retrieve? Uh, skipping, I like the C. Okay. It's a it's a shallow jig. It gets as it gets up on the surface really quick and easy. Um, and it's it's lighter, you know, versus like a forty five where it's a little heavier. It wants to kind of come down. You know, so it's harder to stay up on the surface. Um, or you could use, it's, it's a little bit, it is a Y2, which is our old flat metal uh, stamp jig. It's flat on one side. You got to burn it really fast, but it is flat on one side. So you've got rod tip up, wind yeah. real fast um, for a skip jig anyways. Mm-hmm. 
I will say these days, and I hate to say it to, with Joey here, that nowadays with the lures that are available in the market, I would never fish a skip jig again because it's it's really a horrible way to fish. You know, you're trying to hold that rod up and get your yeah. lines all dry and your backlash. Yeah. You start popping. Right. Yeah, yeah. Rapala Subwalker, any kind yeah. of topwater yeah. lure yeah. is going to have yeah. a much better. Uh, and you got more treble hooks. And yeah, so. Yeah. It's more fun Same. to fish those lures anyways. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I love it. You know, um, we, we were fishing skip jigging, you know, on the long range. And, uh, you know, the, the captain comes and says, what the hell are you doing? You know, the problem is, you know, you got your rod tip up high in the air. You're burning this jig back. You get bit. But if that jig comes flying out of that fish (laughs) it's going through the wheelhouse you know so he immediately was like put on a popper put on a sub walker put put a regular surf don't be fishing the skip jig you know yeah i get it but he goes it's just dangerous as all hell bottom bottom line and and it made sense it made sense oh yeah it'll you know it's gnarly (laughs) yeah um this next one is when should you not fish the iron this is from a jake with cake Always fish the surface. <laughs> like uh, fifty-five degree water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually, always fish the surface iron. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I throw it out there, but but chances are, if if it's not a spring or better, you're not gonna get a bite. I mean, there has been some good bites in wintertime. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Uh, but but like when the water's cold, man, the fish are like unresponsive yeah. a lot. You know, more times than not, I'll, I'll put the, the jigs away, man, and fish squid. Or, yeah. Or clear water. You know, we were down there in Florida, and uh, I just, I had, I wanted to get a snook on the service iron. Just couldn't. They, You could see them. You could see the fish. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it, you know. So, yeah. maybe, that was inshore, of course. We're in four feet of water, five feet of water, wow. something like that. But water's clear. Um you know, maybe in that instance, you know, they, they didn't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll eat a shrimp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but my experience has been uh, clean water is good here on the West Coast. Right. You go yep. to San Clemente and right. you got some clean water, they'll still bite the jig. They don't give a shit yeah. if they're hungry. Yeah. I found that if the fish are deeper down because it's cold water, if you go real shallow, they'll still bite it on the surface. You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, mm. there's a fish thing on the bottom five feet of water is still going to eat something up on top. Yeah. And, you know, again, skip thing, a little easier. You go to the front side of Clemente, throw the surface iron in shallow water, you can catch them there all year, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, this one, next one is from Jesus Gomez Jr. Kicker clips, yes or no, and why? I, I wouldn't tie anything between my jig and my line. It's just unnecessary. They're, they look really hard to use. I haven't used them. The guys from Kicker make nice stuff, but... Uh, I used to use the egg snaps before that uh, whoever makes, and I've had one come open. Yeah. And they had lost like a 60-pound bluefin that I ate the only bite I had all day. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, it's that extra pivot point like he was talking about with the wire. But, right. you know, if you're that hard up, just put a split ring on the front ring of your jig or something like that. You know I mean? I, but you don't really need it, I don't think. Yeah. No. Same no, thing, Brad. Time my life straight to the jig. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't fished a clip personally. I have put... Um, I have put a grommet. I have put a grommet. That way I could crimp. It was something like 100-pound test. Because I wanted to crimp 100-pound test in my service iron for those bluefin. Uh, so I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Um, I have the, I, What I sometimes do is I'll actually weld a small ring onto my service iron. 
Okay. Um, I'll do that. So that again, it adds a pivot point, but it's small. It's the the, the ring size is almost like a like a bait hook ringed hook. Wow. You know, that small of a ring, but it's a pain in the butt. It's yeah. it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah, and the guys that don't have a welding rig have a little trouble doing it. So. And it's 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 tough, you know. I mean, yeah, that that skinny of a ring, you'll burn a hole right through it instantly. Yeah. You know, so you gotta you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, this is from Mister Catchem Five. Conventional or baitcaster, and what recommendations? If you need to fish a baitcaster with your service iron, you probably should practice your <laughs> casting instead of. Buying a Tran X five hundred. Well, I guess I'm not buying one then. Yeah. Thanks for ruining my dreams, Eric. Uh, conventional. I'm a conventional guy, but like I was telling you earlier, uh, I have a uh, two Tranks five hundreds, and and I like throwing a cold sniper with it. You know what I mean? Just because I don't have to do nothing, and and I, I wanted to test the reel out and and see. Because I was watching on YouTube these guys in San Diego <laughs> fishing these poppers like a couple years ago and just destroying these big ass fish with a baitcaster. It, it's a nice reel, man. Uh, I don't have nothing against it personally. But, okay. But I won't throw a bait with it. It's too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I won't. I won't fish certain. I, I don't need to fish the surface side with a fucking baitcaster. That's not what I do. Yeah. But I will throw it, a cold sniper with it or. Or a popper with that Tranks 500. Yeah. And that's basically it. I've been getting a lot of people asking about kind of a similar question. They, they're, they, maybe it's younger people, newer people getting into it. And they kind of asked, uh, you know, I want to use my Alexa 300 for throwing surface iron. And, uh, you know, maybe on small surface iron, you know, you could probably get away with it. Um, you know, a big jig, I don't, I don't know if it has the, the retrieve. You know the the retrieve speed for it. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that reel is really designed to be fishing. You know, big yellowtail or tuna. You know, um, small stuff, calico bass, barracuda, local stuff. You know, you're you're, you're probably okay. Um, you know, but it, it, if you had the the choice, you know, it'd be nice to have a, you know, maybe a medium size reel and a larger size reel. If you had, you know, if you had the money to do so. Mm-hmm. If you only have one, then I'd say get you know get a bigger reel. Get a regular standard conventional, you know, any brand, and just kind of go from there. That's something really important that he's mentioning here is about the, the 500 size reel is what we call it because it used to be the Pen right. 500, but it could be the Newell 338 or 332. They're all just different widths of the same height. Pen Fathom 25, Shimano Trinidad 20, they're all the same width, width and, and height. So yeah. you get a certain amount of line every retrieve. Yeah. Yeah. If you're using one of those smaller reels like the 15 size or whatever they right. call it, the little ones, right. You have to turn the handle a lot faster to get the the jig to swim the right way. And yeah. if you make a long cast, especially with these bait casters, you're losing a lot of spool diameter. Yeah. And the less line you have on the spool, the slower that jig's swimming. So you're actually going to have to speed up your retrieve at the beginning of the retrieve and then slow it down as you get closer. Yeah. And there's just too much fucking math to do right there. It's just, it's just <laughs> a pain in the ass, really. Yeah. It's that simple. you know. And whatever reel you have, you should be able to make a long cast and have your reel full enough that you're not really diminishing your line capacity at the end right, of that cast right and 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 two going back to what you're just saying a lot of guys don't fish with their reels full you mm. know what i mean you get these passengers or guys that that fishing with a half a spool and it it diminishes the the retrieval of the of the reel you know what i mean i like to fish with my reels super full so i can maximize my distance on my cast my retrieve uh and everything else man i 
sometimes I overfill my reels. And always <laughs> have the same amount of line on your reel. Don't have, oh, I lost 100 yards line. I'm going to go fishing again tomorrow. No, refill the thing. Because, yeah. you know, everything that you did yesterday, if you have a quarter inch less line on your spool, you're going to be doing it completely different if you, yeah. if you do it the next day. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Um, this is from Off Switch Charters. Do you retire a megabit jig or do you fish them till you lose them? That's for a me, good one. For me in my career, I retired one jig. Really? Yep. I haven't retired a single jig in my life. <laughs> you, I, you know, I lose them you so fucking fast. To the map. I mean, I mean yeah. you was there. I had to retire that yeah, one. Yeah, I this agree with the, that one. We're two questions or three questions away from that one. So. But yeah, you know, as far as that goes, what are you going to retire a jig that works well? I mean, I, hey, this is my favorite hammer. I'm going to stop swinging it. You know, I have a bunch more though. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I never retire or anything, but I was a chum with my jigs too. So <laughs> <laughs> well, only one. Um, this is Chase Fisher, straight mono braid to leader for irons. Do glass composite? Uh, or does glass or composite play a big role? Uh, I think me, me personally, I think glass is a lot softer. It's a lot more forgiving. Yeah. Than, than a composite. I like composite. I do have some glass rods, but I like composite. Okay. As far as the braid goes, uh, Romano, I use braid. I keep the leader short enough that the leader does not go through my tip when I'm casting. Mm. So maybe three, three and a half feet of leader. That prevents anything from hanging up. And Or if you get a fish close to the boat, you don't have to mess with it. But if you're not comfortable fishing with straight braid, you want to have at least enough mono on there to cast as far as you possibly can without that braid coming off the reel. Mm-hmm. If you're fishing longer top shot. Yeah. I, I think if you're get kind of more or less getting into the sport, I think mono is a whole lot easier to use. Oh, you yeah. know, start with mono, start with the, you know, it has more stretch. It's more forgiving. Um, you know, the spectra, you know, everything comes tight so quick. There is no stretch. <laughs> so it comes tight real quick. You're fishing. Yeah, Modern rods are, are really fast action. They're really stiff. Everybody wants these really stiff, stout jig sticks now, which I don't understand personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's horrible for Spectra. Everything's too tight. It's too stiff. You end up pulling hooks and uh, bending, hooks. bending hooks even. Um, and then it's hard. It's just hard on your body. Just flat out hard on your body because everything gets tight and jerks your whole body so quickly versus a fiberglass or a composite rod that bends out a little slower. You got some mono that has some stretch in it. You know, it's just it, it, it more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, once you're hooked up, yeah, Spectre's a way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, that, there's no question. Also with that, you know, back your fucking drag off. You do not need to have right. your drag hammer down with Spectre. You're going to lose everything right. you hook. Right. You get that, you know, my right. rod, the heavy jig stick, eight-foot jig stick, that were, you know, we caught 147-pound blooping on the other day. It's an 80... ADM, which is rated like 20 to 40 pound. Hmm. It's got a soft glass tip, but it's got that graphite butt. And then you can pull really fucking hard on that thing. I mean, you could drag the boat sideways with it, but it's got a soft tip that if you hang something, it's not going to rip that hook out of its face. If you got your drag looser than you would, you know, it doesn't need to be all the way down. This reel gets 27 pounds of drag. You don't need 27 pounds of drag. (laughs) You need 8 to 12 pounds of drag in your fucking thumb. If it, you know, want, you want that fish to settle down before you put full drag on it. You want yeah. to be able to take some line and jerk its head and let the rod absorb that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, especially if you're using like Spectra and you get these gnarly ass head shaking fish. Mm. A lot of times they'll wear a hole right in their mouth and mm-hmm. they spin around, get going away from you. Your shit come flying right back at you. <laughs> mm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, this is the next question. Brian, tell us your story of the Jig Chuckers balls. It's from Lewis M. Scholes. Here it comes. <laughs> Again. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is documented. You know uh, so now on, you could just go listen to the podcast. I don't got to say shit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, I was going down there a lot and pretty much fucking the fish up every time with, with Booger. Got really tight. He invited me. And uh show up and I see all these guys. And I was a little intimidated at first. I was like, fuck, dude. These, they got some sticks on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. I, and I told myself, I got to make a good showing for myself. You know what I mean? I need to justify why I'm here. And lo and behold, uh, uh, those big ass. Uh, you know what? I had a slow start, which traditionally I am. A slow started fisherman. But once I figure it out, you know what I mean? I go through this fucking thing in my head. I, I got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So It's not always like that, but more times, it's my experience that more times than not, I start off slow. And see what's working. You know what I mean? I got to figure it out for myself. What might be working for him right. ain't going to work for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to figure out. I have to go through my shit. Okay, let me try this. This worked. You know what I mean, and and uh, anyway, uh, I got lucky, man. I got I got really lucky. I was that morning. I was standing next to to Danny Erickson, who captain captains the New Del Mar, and mm-hmm. watched him throw his jig out there, and he just he just got freight trained. By now, what we knew it was bluefin. It it just ate his jig on the sink and, and bit him off, and he got all mad and. <laughs> you lost like three fish in there or something. Yeah, I, was, I was like, damn, what just happened to you? You what was that, a shark? Yeah. We, we yeah. hadn't seen these fish yet. Yeah, yeah this yeah. was the first time yeah. those things even really came up right. here. Nobody right. we're, we're chasing right. schools of yellowtail. And this is what year? Twenty fifteen, right? Twenty fourteen, I think. Okay. Twenty fourteen. So fall of twenty fourteen, I think. Right before the yellow showed up on the one fifty. So we're down there we're chasing bird schools off North Island. And, you know, Booger's over the PA. Okay, guys, got another one get up here. Get ready. And then he's like, okay, guys, get ready. You're going to be surprised by what we're pulling up on. It was just straight all 100-pound fucking bluefin. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, uh, anyway, these things fucking charged the boat and whatever. I, I only got 40-pound tests. I'm still fishing mono then. And I hadn't converted yet. But uh, get my 90M and throw a bait. Nothing. Throw another bait, nothing. I get all soaking wet. I get all pissed off. Fuck, I ain't going to catch one of these things. I don't even want to catch one of these things. They're too big. <laughs> uh, I take off my shirt, which was soaking wet from the sloshy-ass bait tank, <laughs> and um, walk up to the front. I look at my rods, and I just grab a jig stick, and, and uh, it was the right one at the, at the time. You know what I mean? I had the same jig tied on. I walk up to the bow. I look at Danny Wade. I'm like, why are you not fishing? He's like, fuck them things. They too big. <laughs> <laughs> Standing, sitting on the, this, the San Diego had a bow bait tank at the time. They, they don't now. But he's standing there with his rod in his arms. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just laughed at him. And I looked out there and I see like three tuna just jump fucking 10 feet. Shit. <laughs> and they was just, they was way away from us though. But the boat was drifting toward where those fish was. These dudes all in the back, fly line and bait, and nothing, 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 nothing. Fucking throw my jig a couple times, and big old explosion. Fucking come down the rail like fuck. The thing almost spooled me on the first, 
on the initial hookup, it fucking Shit. spun around. I probably had maybe 20 yards of line left. Spun around and charged the boat. I'm like, fuck, this is a stupid one. I got a chance. That's what I told, that's what I, that's what I told myself. This is a stupid one. That's what I told myself. And I just, I'm like, relax. Just take it easy. You know what I mean? It's just like fucking fighting a big ass battery. Mm-hmm. You know what hmm. I mean? I've, I've done this before. And this is something I envisioned. In my mind, it's something I always wanted to do is catch a fucking 100-pound plus tuna a fucking jig stick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's your opportunity. And it, lo and behold, I fucking, I was patient enough to get that thing. How long did it take you to get it in? I would say about an hour, hour and a half, oh, maybe. Wow. Yeah. A little over an hour. Wow. I remember after that fish took that long run, he hooked in the bow, he walked back to the stern, the thing fucking shot right back to the boat, and Taro's standing right next to him, the fucking thing's like, comes by like 10 feet there, everybody's running for a gap, I'm like, fuck, he gets this like two minutes. No, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> back yeah, after on. it. Those fish stall out, you know, I don't know if it, if for guys that haven't caught these bigger bluefin, mm-hmm. you get them to a certain depth, and they do not want to come up from there. They are yeah. very happy to stay there, and you got to pull really fucking hard to get them up that 20 feet, and then it gets easier again, but he was stalled out there for a long time, and you don't want to lose it. I mean, this is a. You're just sitting there. This with was a an very eye, special yeah. fish at the time. You yeah. know, it's not like nowadays where any swinging dick go out and catch them. There was we haven't seen these things since what? Probably. Nah, I've never seen them. Ninety three when they were on the day and a half range down by San Martin. You know, that was the last time we'd seen that great fish. We're we're looking at fucking Point Loma. Yeah. We're like, don't exactly. lose that fucking you thing. You can see fucking houses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got Shit, we got the dude. film crew on there. Everybody's doing this. It's like nobody wanted to lose that fish. So he was. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. I just was very patient. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what? Uh, if you don't fucking bend the hooks out, uh, yeah. I knew if I pulled too hard, I, I'm not gonna fucking muscle this thing up. Right. You know what I mean? It's a big ass, strong ass tuna. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not gonna muscle this thing up. Just take your time. You might get lucky. And, and lo and behold, I got lucky, man. I just, I was patient. What uh, jig were you using? A candy bar. Really? Starman 112. Wow. The That's only big. jig I ever retired. Hey, you framed that thing? No, I, I, I won't use it no more, though. Oh, really? It's in the same condition as I pulled it out that fish's mouth. Wow. Hooks all bent and chewed up and shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. What a great story, man! Yeah, it was. It was. I was lucky. I got the DVD and everything. <laughs> yeah, and what a trip to do it on, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It was. It was. It was. Uh, it's etched in my mind forever, man. Great. And, and uh, I was blessed enough, and, and you know, I mean, to, to be there. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, Amazing story, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, this is a good question. D Day seventy two. What is the worst uh, injury you've seen done to a human from a surface iron? Oof. It was like two years ago. Uh, some guy just rips this tatty seat right into this kid's back. Oh, Pretty close to his spine. And you know what? I know how to take the hooks out. Use a piece of spectra. But I didn't want to touch that one. Mm. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not touching mm. that thing out. Normally, I do it every anytime somebody got a hook. I got a friend. His name was Steve Hung, and he had a fucking lead head stuck in his forehead, and I pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, on a, on a gentleman. Oh, and shit. 2016, when those yellows was biting up there, I was pretty much up there every week. Fuck. And some bonehead just put a fucking hook right in his forehead. Shit. So I don't have a really bad one, but I have a really funny one. I was fishing Barracuda on a Southern Cal years ago, and there was this woman, I can't remember her name, Japanese woman, real good fisherman, fishing next to me. They used to fish this uh, 10-foot Taniguchi lift pole that I converted to a jig stick, and the fucking thing was parabolic shit. And I'm 
skiing this barracuda with this rod straight up over the tangles and all this other bullshit. And that, that rod's fully loaded. That Taddy C comes flying out. It's going right for her, so I push her. I elbow her out of the way, and she puts her right hand up as a reaction oh, to that. And the fucking thing gets her right in the wrist. I mean, like, mm. right where the, the tendons are and all that shit. So she goes into the galley, and the captain goes in there. He's all, oh, yeah, this is really bad. Fuck, I'm going to have to take it out. You're gonna, I, I got to get bandaged around this or tourniquet. You're bleeding so bad. And I'm sitting outside the galley. And she's like, oh, God, Jesus. Oh, you're killing me. Fuck. Oh, oh. It goes off. I'm just like, take the fucking jig out. And what happened is the jig, by the time she walked the door, the jig fell out by itself. Oh, my so God. So they were just fucking with me yeah. for like 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've seen some bad ones. I even, uh, uh, in 2015, uh, we was trolling these yellows up on Rapala's. And I grabbed this fucking yellow and he shook. And the Rapala ended up in my arm, and and I fucking had to yank that shit out myself, man, because I wouldn't let Walt, Mister <laughs> Scary Man Walt, <laughs> fucking take it out of me, because he gets this big old shit eating grin yeah. every time. Yeah. And he's a guy I worked with for ten years. He gets this shit eating grin every time something happened to me, and he fucking can't wait to fucking. And he gets this scary ass look. I'm like, ah, I got it, I got yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, I ended up sitting in the galley and ripping this fucking Rapala out of my hand myself. It, it, it didn't, you know what? It didn't even hurt. Man, nah. I was just yeah. like, fuck. If you get them out quick, it's it's not too bad. They sit in there for a while. Everything Swell. tightens up around them. Right. I've hooked my right leg like eight times with service iron. <laughs> don't, that's the only place I've ever gotten hooked except my hands. Really? And you know, like oh. I, I had one one time. I the first time I did it, I caught a barracuda, bounced it, it came off the jig. I'm like, oh good. Mm-hmm. I go to pick up the barracuda, walk back to throw it. In a, we have a like an ice chest where the deadheads put all their fish in. My jig stick falls over. I walk back, put it up, get the barracuda, walk away. My jig stick falls again. I'm like, what the fuck? It's buried in my shin. Oh, I don't even feel it. I'm like, oh, oh. yeah, crap. You don't feel it. <laughs> How about for you, Joey? Nothing? Um, never with a jig. I was on a sport boat. Not with boat. a tatty jig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brand X. But uh, the wor- the weirdest thing that I saw, we were fishing on Clemente Island, and a buddy of mine's fishing right next to me, and all of a sudden he just starts, bam, and he's just like, what the fuck was that? Something hit him in the face, right? He thought it was a jig. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Somebody had a, a bait hook hooked in the kelp and must have been pulling on it and it came shooting out and it hit him in the cheek and it left a perfect imprint of a <laughs> of an owner ring fly liner two watt hook right on his cheek i mean just absolutely perfect on his cheek nice. and it was just like that's amazing i mean it's amazing he didn't take your eyeball out but that's what I my mean. uncles told me uh 
when I started fishing, he's like, always wear sunglasses. Yeah. I'm like, why? He's like, just in case the hook flies, at least yeah. it won't hit you in the eye. If it hits you in the face, cool. You won't lose. Well, that eye. same, that same yeah. day, somebody was doing the same thing and the hook came out and it blew out the uh, wheelhouse window. Dude. You know, this was on the freedom. This wow. was on the freedom, you know? Oh, so man. I don't know how, I don't know how it happens. I don't even know who did it. But it did. <laughs> I would have cut my line and walked away. Oh, it's I, I just remind yeah. I, I told that story. Never mind. I about hitting the gun back in the head with the bait scoop with the gas. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell that one again. <laughs> Sorry. You have to watch the uh, the show at Taco Surf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is from Day in My Life. You kind of answered this. Or for someone new, are you against the Tranks 500? Uh, which reel do you do you recommend if you aren't going to? Re- you didn't say that. So if you if you're not going to have them use a, a person new to throwing irons. What reel would you recommend? Um, for me, uh, one of the easiest casting reels that, that I've experienced these days with this new stuff is a Torium 16. Fucking butter. The thing's butter. Mm-hmm. Even with Spectra, it's butter. It's probably one of the better casting reels out there. Yeah, I fished the Pen Fathom 25 Narrow Star Drag, and that's about the equivalent. That's the, that's the second shelf reel. You know, that's a, the Torque for Pen, the the uh, Trinidad for Shimano, you don't need that high end reel. You know, you could buy. I'd rather buy two fathoms than one torque right. or two toriums than a Trinidad. Okay, yeah, I agree. I have Same both. Way. I have both those reels, and you know, they're they're fantastic. You know, and yeah, we could buy any reel we want, but the fathom works great for me because I like it because it's lighter weight than than uh, than the torque. Yeah, um, torium works great. I've never had any issues with. Any any of them, you know. People, oh, it's not a machine aluminum frame, whatever, whatever. Well, I can't. I'm not pulling a hundred pounds of drag. Yeah, I make. I'm not going to be able to. Something else is going to. Spool shaft will break before anything. You know, and so you can catch just about anything on it. You know, yeah, anything on the West Coast, yeah, just about. You know, um, yeah, buy buy two reels versus one expensive if you're getting into it. If yeah, you, if you're already into it and you want to upgrade your stuff, hey, go ahead, go ahead, you know, be my guest. Yeah, great suggestion. Um. This one from SD Pescador. Does color matter? I don't think so. No. You know, I've had some times where the, it, 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 it seemed to have mattered. I don't know what it was, but, uh, you know, I was fishing. Everybody was fishing all these jigs, not getting anything. White, just fishing a white, a white glow jig like for sea bass. Oh, yeah. And oh, and then it and then it and then it was working over the blue and white, over a scrambled egg, over a mint. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's happened. Oh, it's yeah. happened. Um, ninety probably ninety five percent of the time, it it's not the case. It's just you know you got to time in the water type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I will say one thing uh, recently. And you know, color used to matter a lot in the Barracuda days. I think depending on the overcast. When I say the Barracuda days, I'm talking about the early two thousand when we actually used to catch fucking things regularly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we used to uh, just take our tatties and grind all the color off the hump side and leave a white back. So it'd just be just mm-hmm. aluminum with a white back and overcast. Yeah. It'd be almost impossible to beat. Right. But right. like at Clemente, I've been fishing there a lot lately and been throwing the iron more than I usually do because there's been yellows around. That fucking yellow 45 that Joey's been getting for Decker has outfished every fucking color I've thrown there. I won't even tie one on because I don't want to not catch him while he does. But... uh Boy, that's been the hot color there. But you throw it anywhere else, you're not biting. Even the yellows are eating the fucking thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yellow's a strange one. It's not new. 
No, you know, it's back not. Back, back, that was, back, that was a, it's yeah. yellow primer. It's that's all it was is yellow primer. Shit. Calico you bass know? on the um, afternoon half day in the eighties on on a horseshoe kelp. That fucking yellow jig. Yeah. They'd have to chum up with right. anchovies and he'd fucking catch bass in that. Yeah. Fuck, you know? man. Yeah. Um, this one's from Logan C King. When picking out a new iron, what do you look for? Wide shoulders, offset hole, imperfections in a mold. I, I would say all that. Yeah. I mean, these new jigs, a lot of them, is, they, not, they don't make them like they used to, man. Uh, yeah, what's I'm, up with I'm, that, Joey? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> For a while, I wouldn't I wouldn't even pick up a jig off the shelf because they, I don't know what they did. Uh, a lot of it sucked for a minute. I mean, it might have changed hands or whatever, but they was making these round-ass tatties. They was real deep, and they was round, and they, they, they wouldn't swim. What happened, Joey? Tell us. I don't know. Sally Jesse Raphael wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess uh, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I Do you think it was jigs, just a run that happened when you guys were kind of doing been, it? You know, we have, you know, everybody talks about the older jigs are better than the newer jigs, right? Yeah. I think what they seem to forget is you have one magic jig. And then there'd be, out of 10, you'd have one magic one, and then you'd have nine that didn't swim very well. Were mediocre. Yeah. That were very mediocre. Now, I feel modernizing, and again, it goes back to that one question, well, pick a, get the good shape, make a mold off of it. Exactly. We've done that, you Uh know, um, in the past. But every, every now and then, things change. People gravitate towards, before everybody wanted the flat nose 45. That's Mm -hmm. the one, because they said it's flat. It's blunt. It pushes more water. It gets more of a wider kick. Blah 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 blah. True. You know. Now it's everybody wants the pointier, the pointier ones, which a lot we you know we sell a lot of pointier ones in San Diego. But I you do know. like that squared off nose one you have now. Those uh, I really like the current batch you gave us. Uh, the see we have the mint ones the other day that you have a real not, flat wider. It's, I'm it's not with, sure. It's with more um, like yeah. a candy bar than a. It, you know, it's just, hmm. uh, I'd, I don't have the jig with me, but uh, I'm pretty happy with how that swims. And, and like I was saying, uh, I picked up a, a jig, brand new jig, brand new jig y'all just made, that uh, I picked up off the shelf the other day, and it was fucking gold, man. I was like, huh, look right. at this thing. I was like, look at uh, <laughs> right, And, and right. The, the new yellow one with the black tip. Yeah, yeah. Fucking those came out awesome. I want, right, I want to right. say one last thing about this. You know, every all we're, you know, so this is something about the younger guys, I think. But we're talking about all these different jigs and the wider hips, this, that, and everything. You know, what? Yeah. if you want to get more into jig fishing, buy something other than a Taddy forty-five size jig. Buy a C. Buy an A one right. light. Buy right. a four light. Exactly. Right. All these jigs swim differently. Some of them like yeah. a double A light. I don't even know if you make them anymore. But boy, that jig swam like shit. But it knocked the piss out of the fish when they weren't biting anything else. Yeah. Right. So. So different no, applications. It's, it, it's like that's what it if is. If you're man. if you're looking for the offset hips, offset eyes, yada yada yada, look at our new stuff. Yeah. Look at our new stuff. You know they're offset. the The hips are offset. The eyes are offset. You know, look at the new stuff if that's what you're. If those are the only criterias of what makes a good jig, then there should be no reason why you shouldn't buy the new stuff. Exactly. Like now I was saying this week. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just again i you know i make them the jigs that are in my tackle box are the ones that 
are my seconds. The ones that I spilled paint on, the ones that I dropped halfway across my shop, yeah, you know, the ones that have dents in them, right? It doesn't affect the swimming action, but those are just the ones that I use. I personally feel I can make any jig swim. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't look at the hips, I don't look at the eyes, I don't look at any of those things. Just fish it, you know. Just, you know, I mean, it's like any any professional in their game, golfers, right? You could give them a Walmart set of golf clubs. They're going to hit that ball 400 yards. Yeah. Regardless, you know, um, it's all on the, it's all on the user. Again, it, it's, it's on the user. People <laughs> yeah. like it's not, you know, uh, you know, it, uh, you I know wish what? it was that simple. I, I remember they made this one jig. It was a jig company, that HT jig. I never saw a fucking fish color that thing. It was called an HT. Yeah, high tide jigs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> jerk off. Yeah, me and, him, me and him <laughs> had some words. That yeah. thing sucked, dude. Yeah. They, they look good. Yeah. They look good. They look great. They did an awesome job on the paint job, and that's all it was was a paint job. Yeah, well, you know, what? one last thing about the, these jigs, and, you know, a lot of these guys, I see this, you know, serviceiron.com where guys are selling used jigs and all this other stuff. More power to them. But you know what? If they're... I would not buy a one-off jig or one that you can't get more of. God, you know, you, you have right. or have a magic jig. Yeah, I got this fucking magic jig. I catch yeah. everything on it. Yellowtail, tuna, everything on this fucking thing. And then you get bit off or a seal grabs your fish and you lose the jig. Now where are you? Makes right. sense. Yeah, right. That so, makes sense. Right. Yeah, I want to be able to replicate that. If yeah, I you know, yet. I mean, like, you know, it, it, I, I feel horrible. I've had young kids come up to me at the booth and say, you know what? I just spent $80 on a 4 light from serviceiron.com. <laughs> And I said, you did what? And he goes, yeah, $80. I got one jig. And I said, that's way too much money. Why don't you go to the store? Now, is to- that is it, are they buying that because it's a Well, swimmer? because on the internet, it says that that's, that's we don't, because of the internet. Who proves that that's a swimmer? Nobody. The internet. That 4.0 light's been around forever. The but four- you could buy it. Can you buy a 4 You can't get a 4.0 light anymore. Well, yes, you can. They got new ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but not yeah. the old And version. I did that. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. I did that because it... It broke my heart knowing that a young kid who doesn't probably doesn't even have a job. He saved his money for as long as he could exactly. and spent eighty dollars on a jig. And these guys sold it to him, and he could lose it, or you know what? Even worse, it could not swim worth a shit. You know, not all those things swim. That's why I never wanted to make them because light for don't like all swim good. So for sure. yeah, you know. I so, mean, so it's just a resale of a. It's because it's, it wasn't made anymore, and everybody, oh. someone, just the hype on it in the last year or so is just so ridiculous. Yeah. That, well, you, you know, see what they do in, with the swim bait. Then freshwater, they flip those. So I just had you know, Piz on, and he'll sell his baits from you know a hundred and something to two fifty. He's seen his baits get bought and sold for a thousand dollars, and someone's gonna fucking buy that because they want the hot bait. You know, so it's 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 a market where it's kind of same thing with rods too. Yeah, it's a supply. Well, yeah, with those tree lines, they was selling those things. You know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, with those jigs though, what it comes down to is it's. I mean, the, the Teddy Four Light was around thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. The Teddy Fourteen A was around thirty years ago. Yeah. I used to have one, an yeah. old green one. I never caught shit on it. Right, and I didn't like right, it. You know, what? Right. I picked the things back up because I see guys like Joey or Rob Cato throwing this thing and actually catching fish. I'm like, oh, let me give that jig another try. And what it is, it's not about the jigs aren't any all that different. It's who's throwing them. Yeah. And if that if those, if those guys you trust them, and if those guys are and you see them on social media or on the boat, and you go up, you know, you see Brian fishing a jig, you're gonna look at the jig. I'm gonna go buy that fucking thing. Yeah. And you know, you're not right. gonna be Brian, 
but you're gonna be on the right track, you know. But it's uh, any of this stuff. But what happens is guys start thinking there's magic jigs. Yeah. And all oh, I gotta have this that's, fucking I don't know this schnobble whatever bullshit right, fucking right. thing. Right. Yeah. All these all these yeah. ridiculous yeah. these old jig guys. I mean I, I had a, I sold yeah. a lot of old jigs that for a guy who passed away I sold them for a size of fucking jigs that would be three hundred dollars for. This is you know fifteen years ago. Fuck putters all this other bullshit. No killer jigs came out with uh, they're not around anymore. They came out with they remade all the old jigs that were real popular. Yeah. And. Some of them worked real good. They had the, the, the PEP 5, the S1, which was the Chernobyl one. And then uh, the guys from serviceiron.com or me, Randy, or whoever brought back the killer jig thing, but they're using a different metal formula, and they don't fucking swim the same way. I, I bought some. I'm so excited. Oh, these things are back, and I threw them. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Not, no offense to them, but it just it wasn't like I remembered. Yeah. So it's not that there is a – that somebody picking it up new isn't going to do great with it, but – it's this expectation that, oh, this jig's going to be a certain yeah, way. Right, it's not right. repeatable. Well, like Eric said, you know, instead of buying one jig for $80, buy a buy a, buy a solid 7X, buy a 6X Junior, buy a J-Pot, buy a C, buy an A1. Have a variety of different sizes and shapes and colors versus one yeah. quote-unquote magical jig that you think someone says, oh, yeah, no, it's an old jig, so automatically it swims? Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. You know what? I, I personally probably have over a thousand jigs, and I still buy them. <laughs> Brand new ones. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what yeah. you do. That's your right. Yeah, right. It's just uh, I still buy them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be. I tell myself this is a disaster. well. This is great to hear from you guys too, because it's like uh, you're you're breaking the mold of of. Uh, uh, it's easy to set trends, I guess, on the internet too. Like when people yeah, yeah. see the very popular guys right, do something. Right, so right. You know, it's cool to hear from guys that have been doing this a minute and different perspective. Uh, just like right now, it seems like you know the four O lights are really hot. JRI DW ones are hot, at least on the internet. That is mm-hmm. right. The DW one is you know kind of backed by Danny Wade in a sense, right? He is a fantastic stick. I mean, hands down. Really great stick. He, he can catch fish on any chick. Yep. <laughs> he can catch yep. fish on any yep. chick. You know, I've, I've seen him do um, it. You know, hap, you know, Brian can catch fish. Eric can catch fish. You know, and uh, it doesn't have to be this old jig from 1980 that you know we made. You know, it, it doesn't have to be. They, they're everybody's good. You know, you know, um, if you know what you're doing. You can take a, you can pick up any jig stick. You can take a rental rod, and go catch thirty pound yellowtail with it. And they've, and they've all done it. They've all done it. I've seen them do it. <laughs> you know. So again, you don't need this eighty dollar jig. You don't need a five hundred dollar two speed or three speed or four speed reel. You know. <laughs> you, you you don't need this. Uh, you know, carbon fiber graph tech something whatever whatever. You know, rod that. You know, has some sort of titanium fucking blah 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 in it. Bullshit. Yeah. Take a fiberglass rod, yeah. cast it out, catch fish with it. So one of the things that uh, I'm sure the question's not going to come up, but it's a very important thing that I was thinking about. So this is going to be my question. You know, um, guys talk about all these different jigs and all this other stuff. And this, you know, I'm a Salus guy, I'm a Taddy guy, I'm a whatever guy, JRI. You know, it's understanding which jigs to throw when, and really, yeah. you know, sure. if you don't have a seven X in your box. Right. You're going to San Diego to fish the Coronado Islands. 
you're probably not fully prepared for that. And right. Is the 7X the right. best jig? No, but if it's fucking windy and the boat's swinging around, right. those yeah. fish are on the surface, you can cast that fucking thing a mile. Yep. It'll stay mm-hmm. in the water. You can wind it fast. Mm-hmm. It's a great jig for that. Now, if they're picky and you're in the lee of, uh, yeah, I don't know, I can't name spots to corn Let's say you're fishing somewhere where it's calm and the fish are just coming up. They're not real aggressive. You want that Taddy 45, which you can actually make swim properly. Or you may say, hey, they're, it looks like they're on little chobies or something. We dropped into a sea or things like that. That's what a jig fisherman's all about. It's not like, oh, Chuck and wine, whatever, you know, nonsense these right. guys are pushing nowadays. Right. And by these guys, they don't mean anybody in particular. It's like, oh, if you're not fishing this, you're fishing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a lot of different tools. You know, you have to have right. and, and learning what to use mm-hmm. when. Yeah. Well, I tell people, you know, at the sh- at the shows every year, you know, and they guys ask me, oh, what kind of jigs do I need? Well, you... You better at least have the basics. You better have a few tatties, and you better have a few solaces. You know, you don't need all the tatties. You don't need all the solaces. Just get the basics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your solid 7Xs, uh, 6X Juniors, maybe a 6X Heavy for yo-yo, yeah. you know, a 45, a number 9, you know, for small yo-yo jig, or in a 4 You got those six jigs? That's that'll and cover an just and an, a, and an A1 for a small service iron, you know, or a J-Pot. You know, you got those jigs, you're gonna you're gonna do pretty good, I think. You know, um, but yeah, it, it doesn't do me any good to just oh no, Taddy's the only jig. Yeah, nah, bullshit, bullshit. Solace makes fantastic jigs. You know, and and again, I I want to clear the clear the air. Everybody thinks that we butt heads for some reason. I've been hearing it more, and it's like no, like our families are tight. We've we've known each other for 50, 60 years. You know. We don't we don't screw with each other, and and that's how things used to be. Nowadays, it's kind of more or less kind of cutthroat. You know, people yeah. people copy each other, people, and then and people will go out of business. Bottom line, there's only two two companies around. That's Taddy and Solace. Period. Dropping my eyes. Fifty, sixty years. You know, and. And still going. And still going. Yeah, that's you a, know? That says a lot. Um, one of the best two jigs I, that's I it. ever fixed. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you kind of already answered this. It says, uh, from Jamie Cohen, picked up a Roddy BR100. Would it be a sin to put a Trinx 500 on it? <laughs> Fish with whatever you want. There's no sin. You know, there, there's these old school purist guys who only fish the true lines and only fish this and only fish that. And they're all, I found it, and no knock to my friends who are guys who have a lot of older rods. If your major focus is the rods you walk on the boat with, for the most part, those guys aren't necessarily the best fishermen. Hmm. The best fishermen are going to want the latest and greatest and right, e- ease of right, use stuff. You know, right. you, th- you throw those older rods all the time, and they're they'll wear you out. And they also yep. they're not high performance tackle. You know, it's uh, right. yeah, more of a novelty. Yeah, it's like the people who dress up from the nineteen fifties. You know what I mean? That's their whole thing. I dress, what do you do? I dress up like I'm from the 1950s. <laughs> That's basically what these motherfuckers are doing to come on right. a boat with this old gear. That's just right. my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, or they're trying to sell it. Yeah, right. <laughs> to other people who want to do the same thing. Is uh, This is a good one from Bradley Ross. Is surface iron fishing an earned technique? Uh, let's see. For those who have a mastery over other technical casting work. An earned technique, so I'm, I mean, well, it doesn't come overnight. Yeah, that's for sure. You have you have to practice. You have to be on the water and cast. I don't care if it's in the harbor or on the sport boat, but you have to you have to practice. You have to cast. You have you know, and you have to ha- figure out how to hook the fish. 
you know, also, but uh, it's not something that we could just read on the internet these days and and, and say, oh, well, I got this jig and I got this rod and I got the reel. Boom, I'm a jig fisherman. I'm sure you see a lot of that, Brian, because you see guys Google what's the best, you know, setup to do and you'll see them come out and it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys like, to just throw a bait, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, they casting fucking 10 feet, thinking they're going to get bit. And it's like, come on, man. You, you need some practice. Uh, but I, I try to stay humble, man, and, and let them, everybody going to have to learn on their own. Yeah. At some point. If that's what they want to do, more power to them. And, and my thing is, you know, you could, you could talk to them and, and try, to, try to teach them. You know what I mean, man? Maybe you need to try this or, right, or, right. or you know what I mean? Because I understand that out there and being a deckhand as I, for as long as I have, uh, my job is to help the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's it, man. And, you know, that's what I try to keep in mind even when I get some bullshit going through my own head because I do. I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? In the older days, you used to actually have to put in a lot of practice to be a good jig fisherman, but then El Nino came and made everybody a fucking expert overnight. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> Experts meant it daily. You know, if it's that, well, the problem is, you know, good fishing never made anyone a good fisherman. Yeah. It's the absolute truth. You know, we could all went out there, cut, fuck, I had cast 15 feet and hooked a 40 pound yellowtail on a horseshoe kelp, you know? Yeah. Um, you need to do a tremendous amount of practice. And, and by practice, it's not practice casting so much as practice interacting with the fish that are around you. Whether they're biting or not. I can't tell you. I mean, I have had days where I have thrown the fucking service iron for 10 or 12 hours on a fucking sport boat and not gotten a goddamn bite. But I'm still throwing it. Yeah. Because I'm trying to get that bite. You know, I'm trying to figure out why I can't get that bite or things like that. I'm not throwing it in the middle of winter when we're fishing rock cod. But there's a lot of times, especially, you know, where the fish are locked in on bait or keyed in on bait, different things like that. I'll just keep throwing it because every cast you're learning something as long as you're paying attention. But, I mean, like I said before, hundreds of thousands of casts is what it takes to really become proficient at throwing mm-hmm. a jig and paying close attention through all hundreds of thousands of those casts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's from She Go Fish. Her rod and reel setup is a Seeker 530 Trinidad 20A with the 40 mono top shot. After selecting the ideal surface iron, what are some things I can do to maximize the movement of the jig in the water, and what should I look for to make – sure it's swimming the right uh, the way it was designed to swim you can mark that as a good question (laughs) (laughs) that is a good question um you know the the way the way the jig swim it's all it's all personal preference you know and you could it's personal preference and and in my opinion to bring it up to the next level is what do the fish want yeah you know what do the fish want do they want a wide kicking jig or do they want a narrow kicking jig you know recently you know, we we're testing the, the, the foros and uh, we had two different shapes. One was a wider kicking jig and one was a narrow kicking jig. And I said, wow, the wide kicking one, it looks fantastic. It is moving, got a wide kick. It's got that every, you know, every now and then it does that roll off, you know, type of thing. The whole trip, the only thing I caught fish on person was the narrow kicking one. Mm. You know, so I thought, well, this is kind of weird. You know, what do, what do you do? Do you everybody's going to mentally think as a person, damn, look at that jig. It's, it's kicking out five feet on each end. That's what I want. 
Well, the fish wanted in the theory. narrow. The <laughs> fish wanted the narrow kicking jig. Yeah, you know, so that's where, it, you know, maybe the next level fisherman picks that up. You know, or or know your jigs. You know what I mean? Know what your jigs do. Know what you right. can make your jigs do. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're not paying attention to what a certain jig does versus a different jig. Like, I'll, I'll go on the boat with a handful of jigs just to see how they swim. Yeah. Right. Okay, I know I can use this then. I know I can use this then. Or, you know what I mean? This one might pop out the water a little sooner than I like, but it swims really well. If I get a far enough cast and the fish are far away from the boat, like, say, on the, on the nine at San Clemente Island or whatever, mm-hmm. cast that shit downwind, hold my tip down, I might get a bite way out there because it just stays fucking wiggling like a motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, but I know once you get close to the boat, might have to start over. You know yeah. I mean? Okay. As 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 opposed to fishing a jig that just stays. In, I got jigs that stay in the water all the way to the fucking boat too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you know sometimes those are work better than, and they might not even swim as well as the one that kick all crazy and come yeah. out of the water. Yeah. But it's all in, in treat, retrieve speed. Uh, Paying attention to what it's doing, conditions. Do I fish this jig when it's windy, and and it's choppy because it fucking might pop out of the water on the swell, or does it rise all the way to the right below the surface to where, like, some wind chopper fuck the whole swim up. You know what I mean? And then you got some some jigs that just stay in the water no matter what. Yeah. 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 Along those lines. Um, you know, he talks about that wider swimming jig and things like that. Like a, a Salus 7X is a pretty wide swimming jig. And I think the, the jigs that have a, a, a pronounced cadence like that, they draw fish in from a distance. They, the fish see that and they come over. But if those fish are not wide open, they're going to come up and they're not necessarily going to bite that jig. They're going to see it. They're going to come up on it, but they won't eat it. Where you take a Taddy 45, and I, I talked to Joey about it before, it's, it's more of a finesse jig where you can actually... It, it has a good cadence that will, or a good uh, rhythm that will draw a fish in, but then you can fine-tune it with the way you turn the handle to make it do certain things if you're paying attention. And, it, and by doing so, it looks much more realistic when the fish gets to the jig and you have a, be- a better chance of actually getting a bite. Mm-hmm. But that comes down to, make you know, every time the jig gets close enough to the boat to see, I will vary my retrieve slightly to see exactly, and I'll, I'll see that spot where I like it swimming that way. On the next cast, I will do that exact same retrieve. Yeah. And that's a lot more thought than a lot of people want to put into it. And that's okay. You don't have to do that. But if you want to get Good. proficient at it, yeah, these yeah. are the things you need to think about. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is uh, from Ray Sharifi. If you find a good swimmer, do you feel necessary to replace the hooks with either stronger or weaker hooks? Yeah. That's a. I don't. The problem with changing hooks is if. If it swims, if that's a good swimmer, keep it exactly the that same. That hook might be affecting the swim. Yeah, correct, okay. correct, correct. Right. Yeah, because you, you, you definitely don't want to go with a heavier hook because, it. you know, a lot of guys, oh, I want to put these owner 4X SST hooks on there. Worst thing you could do. It just weighs the jig down way too much. On a yo-yo jig, it doesn't matter as much. But on a surface iron jig, everybody wants his heavy yeah. super strong hooks while the jigs don't swim where the shit yes. they don't swim ah. there's nothing you need to change the hook set for around here anyway i mean that's the bottom line yeah you know if, if it's right. something that's going to bite a, a jig in southern california or northern baja the hooks are plenty fucking strong 
Yeah. You know, hook hook your jig under a, a table and have somebody sit there. Yeah. Put it on something. Right. You can bend that hook, pull it on with your rod. You yeah. can't. Well, yeah. you're going to bend the, you'll, you bend the hooks when they're hooked wrong, like on a yellow. When they're hooked on the top of their mouth, it's real hard. It's not going through. That's when you might bend a hook. Okay. You know, but you get a hook on the, on the, when that meat is on the round part of the, of the hook, you'd be, you'd be surprised how hard you could, how you could pull. I mean, try it out at home, you know, put the tip on something, be careful, but you know, or put, put the, it under the round part of the hook, put it, gonna, put yeah. it under the round part. Like if you, how you, in a perfect case scenario where it hooks the round part, boom, get it or, yeah. And then the tip. You need to use uh, Like the only time I change a hook on my jig is if it's just old and it's soft and, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll change that motherfucker up, man. <laughs> and you know, that usually happens especially. after you take a bunch of fish off the hook, you know, with the pliers, and you end up bending yeah, it. So yeah, so you're right. nicking the right. hook a lot. And, right. Yeah. So this goes back to the question about the freshwater fish. This is uh, Michael Sugarless, I think. Has anyone caught or heard of anyone catching freshwater fish on a surface iron? I think you're talking about that, Joey, right? Yeah, I caught a. I mean, I caught a trout, but uh, a couple guys I went fishing with the last year, you know, they were getting stripers on them yeah. uh, at Diamond Valley. Um, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know back in the day, um, we used to sell a ton of Y twos to Lake Mead, and it was a lot of the guys fishing off the dam, and they were making these bomber casts, you know, because they cast a mile. They, they're heavy. They cast a mile. They shoot through the air good. Bomber casts with them and uh, hooking a lot of stripers with them at Lake Mead and uh I mean I, you know why not you know that the sharpers love crocodiles yeah you yeah, know right. so they, and they cast masters and, cast masters and <laughs> yeah. Hopkins spoons so there's not much uh, difference anyway I did have a guy a lot of guys use tatty 45s up at, at Castaic and uh I have a friend that caught like a 36 pounder oh wow on a 45 Shit. last year yeah big fucker <laughs> yeah Fuck Big yeah, man. Fish. I had some friends back in the uh, long time ago time uh, when uh, <laughs> Jeff and Jesus used to still be up here before they went down to San Diego. Those guys, they'd fish with that uh, Michael Rujo guy and those other guys. And they used to throw the uh, 45 for the uh, largemouth at Castaic, I think. And hmm. they, they said a lot of times that you hooked that fish, it would shake the jig when it would jump. Oh. That's hmm. one of the problems with the jigs too heavy. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is from uh, Gucci Isaac. How can I re-rig rings on my service iron, solder steel, or weld? Well, you know, the, the hardest part, I guess, anymore these days is finding the rings. Uh, in the old days, we used to make them. We'd just take a mandrel, wrap steel around it with a drill, you know, use power it with a drill press and just and just make our own rings. Uh, mm-hmm. Hated doing it. Super tough. Yeah. You know, it's a pain in the ass. Dangerous. You know, the wire comes loose, pokes you in the eye cuts your hands up but uh you know you could find i guess rings available um you know and we we braze everything because that's just how we've been doing i feel it comes out cleaner it um it looks nicer you could silver solder silver Mm -hmm. solder's silver solder's fine especially when you're doing a few pieces Mm -hmm. um doing thousands and thousands it's just too expensive yeah um i wouldn't uh you know, people talk about like TIG welding and things like that. I don't Fuck. think all that's necessary, yeah. you know, and, and if, the, and I see the worst thing that I see is a lot of sharpness on the welds, you know, and that's, that's not good. You know, it, it's, it's going to cut your line. If your line's going to get there, if it works its way over to that weld, it could potentially cut your line. Yeah. yeah. 
You'll but, be amazed at how much your your line moves around your jig ring throughout the day right, too. You right, know, if you tie right. it like right up against the, the the weld, you know, if you fish for an hour, it'll be halfway around the ring again. Yeah. 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 Um, me personally, like when I want to change a hook or or sometimes I've had rings break, come apart. Mm-hmm. I take them to the tackle shop. Yeah. Yeah. Right there, island island tackle. He he does them for me. Oh, nice. You know what I mean, yeah. I bought jigs with no rings on them. Yeah. And uh. Uh, here, man. Shit. You know, you charge $2 a piece, and that's cheap. Yeah. I've used a silver solder at home on my jigs, especially if I have older jigs I want to sand down and repaint or whatever. It's very easy to mess up. And the only way you know you mess up is when you either lose the hook off the end of the jig with the fish <laughs> on it, or you just come back with the ring on your line. And I've right. done that enough that I just don't do it anymore. Right, right. Yeah, I take mine to the taco shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, This is from... Angel Verhugami, do you use wax wings, flat falls, and cold snipers in the same manner as a surface iron? No, no. Maybe a you know. I guess you could use that wax wing in a in a in a surface iron standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it is a somewhat surface lure, but the other jigs are they're made out of lead. Yeah, you know. Uh, me personally, I have used a cold sniper as a for tuna. You know what I mean? As a surface iron. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the cast them all, man. You can just, as soon as they hit the water, just start winding, man. You, you'll get a bite. You yeah. I mean? well, a lot of times you're throwing that into a big pile of tuna that are boiling anyway, and they're hoping they <laughs> swim by with their mouth open, though, right? right? Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> but the uh, uh, the wax wing is actually a pretty good jig. You know, we I for whatever reason, uh, my boat partner, Matt, decided to pull some wax wings out of a tackle box earlier this year at PB. And I swear I bought these things when they first came out. They're all rusty, and the fucking one of the wings is broken off. One, it's just all fucked up. And he must, you know, we weren't catching any bass. Kelp was all laid down. He threw that thing, which just knocked the piss out of him on that. I mean, he had really? 25, 30 fish, and I was throwing wow. something else. I had one, I think. Yeah. But the next trip we went out, they weren't biting it again. So kind of, <laughs> I didn't buy anymore. Yeah. So I cleaned the rust off the hooks. That was about it. You know, funny about that little interesting story on the wax wing. From what and this is all hearsay. From what I understand. The higher ups at Shimano said, brought a 45 to Japan and said, This is a 45. I want you guys to make a lure that swims just like it. And if you look at a wax wing, it does swim similar to a to a, a surface, a standard Very surface similar. iron. And but for those guys to figure out how that lure to design that lure the way they did, which is completely different and you know, revolutionary, but to make it mimic a surface iron. You know, kudos to them yeah. for really, you know, thinking outside the box and engineering something completely brand new. Um, you know, I've never seen any lures similar to that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it swims fantastic and it's and it's fairly weedless, um, you know, and it's got big, you know, frog style hooks on it, you know, and uh, it's strong, you know, I mean. You know, pretty pretty neat, pretty neat Very thing. Impressive. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty neat. You know? The only problem with the wax wing, as opposed to the surface iron, is you cannot make the wax wing swim any differently than it does. It swims in a very good way, but you cannot make you cannot change that. Nothing you can do can make you can speed it up, you can yeah. slow it down. It does not change. And a lot of times you get fish that get locked in behind it, and they're zigging and zagging just at the same speed that the, or the same way the lure is moving, and they won't bite it. They'll try and eat it, and they miss it, and they come off to the side. I'm using hand gestures now, which is pretty pointless. I realize. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you, once those fish lock in on it like that, with a jig, you could speed it up or slow it down and change. You actually get those fish to bite with the wax wing. They're either going to bite it or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, this is the last one. It's a Cheddar 250. 
Can you guys explain what a true SoCal jig stick is to kooks and why throwing an iron on a bait cast or spinning rod a lever drag isn't as effective? Explain a true stick in its simplest form. Well, I guess, you know, uh, uh, traditionally, <laughs> we're speaking traditionally yeah. here, 9 and 10 foot conventional reel. No reel seat. Um, you know, a 20 size or a 30 size reel or a 332 size, you know, 500 jig master size reel um, traditionally is what your jig stick is. Um, yeah. Eric fishes from a skiff a lot, so he, he gets away with a lot of, you know, shorter rods, eight footers. You know, just because of space, probably, you know, um, and you could, like you said, you could drive to the fish. You don't yeah. need to make these bomber casts. Um, Do you use an eight foot out of your boat? You'll use an eight foot. Yeah. 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 That's about as, as short as I'll go. Yeah. yeah. Eight foot. That's my common, like, yellowtail rod. Yeah. If there's such a thing as a yellowtail rod. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we always joke about that. Anyway, sorry, Joey. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, no, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't fished a spinning reel for surface iron yet. Um, However, you know, in the past, the, the, the quality of spinning reels were, were somewhat poor. Nowadays, you have high-quality spinning reels that get a lot of drag. Their spools don't break. You have plenty of power. So, you know, if, if conventional thing is just you're fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, you know, go to a spinner. Go to a spinner. You know, yeah, it, it, you may not be the cool kid on the Would block. Would you go to a spinner before a baitcaster? Like, would you go to a spinner before a Trix 500? Well, I mean, again, if you can't cast a conventional, the, the Trix 500 is still conventional. If you're going to backlash on that, it's a lot easier. You know, well, you, you I, know only come, not, I say this as because I'm only a bass go, guy. You still got to so, use your thumb. Yeah, you're still going to backlash. No, of course. You're yeah. still going to backlash. But I mean, trance, I, so. I've tried, I, I had a jig. I tried throwing a jig on an eight foot rod. Just This is a long time ago. And I bought like a, a Trinidad or, or something, you know, it was like 300 bucks. I don't know what the fuck it was. And I'm like, I fucking don't like this, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard to learn in the beginning, you know, right. and backlashing once. And I just want to fish. So I'm like, I used someone's jig stick a couple of weeks ago and it was on a Trinx 500. And I talked about, I'm like, fuck, this is great. Launch that motherfucker, you know, and I'm used to it because I'm a Calico guy. I love fishing Calico. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a hard one for me where I'm like. Well, should I buy a, a Tranks 500 to start off it, with? It's my... the same as using a conventional. The only thing with the conventional is you got to pay attention to what's going on on your reel. Mm-hmm. Guide the line on. That's yeah. It. That's it. But guiding that line on puts you more in touch with that jig. Yeah. It really does. That's feeling what I was that, going to say because yeah, the big difference is you're feeling the, the line when it's coming on. Yeah. So you can feel something, you know? And as far as those uh, the bait casters go and all that stuff, it's just not the optimum reel to use for that type of thing. You're better off using a regular conventional reel than that. Okay. That's really just the, the – if you can't cast one like Joey says. And, you know, one of the advantages that we all have is we got into fishing when we were young. Mm-hmm. And we'd get our conventional reel and we'd go to the fucking park or in the backyard and we'd practice casting for right. freaking five hours right. a day when we weren't on the boat. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things you guys <clears throat> miss out on nowadays. You know, that's not something Instagram's not going to tell you. Sorry, I've only been doing it for 10 years. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Just nothing wrong with that. But, you know, a lot of the guys that are really good at throwing a jig have been doing it their entire lives. It's second nature to them. They don't even think about it. You know, I can start a cast, switch my rod from my right hand to my left, take up a, yeah. pick up my beer off the rail, take a sip, set it down, throw the reel in gear, and start winding. You know what I mean? It's that. 
I learned how to do that real quick. So that's I learned how to do that. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that you know it, it becomes second nature. But you, but what you're saying, like when I got I got into fishing ten years ago, when I was 30, 29, 30, um, I would be in my front yard. My kid would go take a nap, pitching into you know whatever fucking's in the front yard, yeah. backyard. Just practicing. It's like, yeah. fuck, why right. wouldn't you? That's like something you should. Right. And as you we know, get older, we get more distracted by life. We don't we don't yeah. have that singular focus that we had when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to the lever drag reels. Yeah. If you're throwing a jig, you want a star drag reel because, you, you know, I, I fish a lever drag now when these bigger bluefin that were around, you know, 100 pound plus fish, I want a two speed reel to throw a, a top water with. Mm-hmm. I've been throwing a star drag, but I switch to that. What a fucking pain in the ass he cast. You got to do this lever and you're looking right. at that right. And just, right. You know, yeah. it needs to be instantaneous. So, you know, yeah. you fucking cast. And as as the jig is in the air, I've got the rod in my right hand extended out. I'll take my left hand off the butt and throw it into gear as I'm bringing the, reel, or the rod under my arm to start winding. Mm-hmm. And there's such a natural movement that it takes a, a, a fraction of a second as opposed to trying to grab something and lever it around. So you already have muscle memory for you on doing a star drag. So yeah, that's what you're going to do. And that's that's the biggest part of everything. You know, and, and you know, Brian, Joey can attest. You get so used to how everything feels when you're casting and you're winding that right. a lot of times when you're going to get a bite on a jig, about a half second before you get that bite, you know you're going to get a bite. Exactly. You're already yeah. fucking coming tight. You feel pressure come the fish comes up behind the jig, changes the the swimming action of it or something. You could it's kind of unreal. It's, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've, I've told you well, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I, I, I've told my friends this, you know, and I've I've almost seen it happen overnight. Where, you know, they're asking me, "Well, how come?" You know, you're, you're we're literally fishing the same thing, same jig. You're getting bit, and I'm not. And I, you know, kind of thinking weird in a sense. You know, I said, you know, well, you gotta you gotta think like a fish. Yeah. You gotta have you gotta have you gotta have be in the right cheat. You know, you gotta be in the right mindset. Yeah, that's you so know, if you're gonna you're cool. trying so hard, so hard, so hard. You're psyching yourself out and you're doing something wrong. You got to step it back, get it down to the basics, you know, get take your mind breath, right. Take a deep breath. Take a deep <laughs> breath, you know, and, and, and relax a little bit, yeah. you know. I mean, the fish, somehow the fish can feel it. They can sense it, you know, yeah. and uh, you, you, you got to be positive, you know. You can't, just like anything, you can't, you know, keep trying your hardest, 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 and, and you know, some things they need to come naturally, you yeah. know. Um you know, some people are a little different, you know, I mean, uh, like I've seen KVD fish, you know, and he's fishing 500 <laughs> casts every, you know, he fishes hard. Yeah. Right. And then you look at, you know, some of the Japanese guys they are more finessing guys, you know, so there's, there's two trains of thoughts, you know, neither one is wrong. Um, but I, I, I really feel that you got to. Get your mind right. That's a Phil yeah. Jackson shit right there. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. It's chi. You, 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 know, you got to get the chi going. You fish confidently. You. You, yeah. I, I feel, you know, uh, this is just kind of out there thinking. I think about a lot of different things while I'm fishing. You know, your mind's pretty clear of everything else when you're actually right. actively fishing. Yeah. I will sometimes project and look, what is what is my jig doing right now? How is it swimming? And, and look at it, turn my perspective around mentally to see what's going on here and see how it's relating to the bait fish I'm seeing. And that's one of the other things we talk about. Is a jig swimming a certain way? How is that bait that's swimming around the boat acting? Is it erratic? Is it slow and steady? Is Mm -hmm. all these factors. And these are things that you need to. So basically you have a jig. You can make it do different things. Now you need to look at the environment and decide which of those things you need to make it do at that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you do it right, you get a bite. But you know what happened. It's like if you're throwing a, uh, a lure for a a largemouth bass or anything else. It's Mm -hmm. not just go out there and blindly cast. You can say, Hey, 
Five years ago, when this happened, this happened here. The bait was doing this. The fish were reacting like this. I wound the jig this way, and you're able to repeat that and catch fish on it. And guys that do it a lot do that without even doing the math. Right. You just see right. something, and you react in a certain way, you get results. Well, that's no, just 100%. You, you're only going to learn by being on the water. That's exactly. it. You cannot teach those things that Eric just mentioned. You, you cannot. Mm -hmm. Those things... Instagram, Facebook, whatever, internet is not going to teach you those things. You have to be on the water and you'll pick up those fine little things. And that's, what's going to make you that next level up above other people, you know, um, a time on the water. Of course, yeah. Right? Kind of going backstory though. But, um, you know, if you're having troubles throwing a service iron or a, or a yo-yo jig, I could only assume you're going to have even more troubles throwing an anchovy <laughs> you know so just wait till the guys that can only um, fish with those when they come back around it's right gonna be, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> you know so maybe you know maybe try to be more of a well-rounded fisherman maybe you know back in the day everybody used to throw the bobby pin right take a bobby yep. pin cast it that's the same weight as an anchovy yeah. right and do it in the backyard or at the park right yeah. and if you can fly. throw a bobby pin with your jig stick you're gonna throw a service iron <laughs> a million yards you know yeah, i mean yeah. by the standard uh, just loop a three-inch swim bait on the end of your right. service iron rod and do a pendulum cast right where it slides into the water that's what you have to do with the anchovies that you die right, right. you get practice so basically what you're learning is spool control yeah so you have to use some inertia to get you almost have to get the line sliding off before you even start your cast or that, mm -hmm. that fish will not it doesn't bend the rod mm -hmm. so then what happens is your spool is just turning freely and you're just feathering that line if you put too much pressure you're going to stop your cast short so you're, it's almost it, it's it's like casting almost like a like you're fly fishing but with a conventional reel because yeah. that bait is so light. But if you get used to that, you can throw anything. Yeah, and it's that that it's that, like pitching, like pretty much like right. I like you know freshwater. And it's understanding how the line feels under your thumb as it's going out. You know, there's every every cast we make with the service iron, we release at a certain point. We do not have to have our thumb any. So you feather it a hair. Then you feel that right speed of the spool without even thinking of that, and then your thumb is completely off it mm -hmm. for half the cast, and then you're starting to bring that pressure back down, and then you know you don't even have to see your jig hit the water. You know when to put your thumb down because you can feel the arc. You know mm -hmm. you can close your eyes and do it, and you will stop that reel the second that jig hits the water, even if you can't see it happening because you your educated thumb, whatever, you can feel the arc of that cast happening. So yeah, and it, you know the. One way too is when you're on the fishing boat, ask the, ask the deckhand, ask ask the captain to help you. He will spend time to help you, and you're going to be learning from the best, you know, the very best people. And then again, make sure you take care of them at the end of the day, right? You know, these things are going to be taught in yeah. person, you yeah. know. So, so. And then another thing too is, uh, I see a lot of guys <clears throat> casting. They they they'll put their, their thumb right in the middle of the spool, mm. and a lot of guys. That's that's how you backlash. You're covering mm -hmm. more of the line as opposed. I put my finger in the corner. That's a very good point. I put my <laughs> finger in the corner of the reel that on that bar, and it it prevents uh, a lot of backlashes. If you have your thumb right, you know what I mean. Sometimes I'll even put my my thumb all <laughs> the way over the top, but in the corner okay. of my reel, and it'll cast a whole lot better than. If guys is in the middle, yeah, right in the middle of the line. <clears throat> yeah, the yeah. inside of my thumbnail on my right hand is rubbing the outside or the inside edge of the spool on the on the, on the handle side. Okay, and that's yeah. something I don't even think about, but it's always that. Right. Yep. Well, your yeah. your your spool is always well, it's better. It always is round, right? That's your always a consistent surface. 
you could put the even you know, whatever pressure you want, it's going to be consistent versus the line, which is not stacked straight. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's ridges and things like that, you know? So uh, that's why I, I won't, besides a lever drag reel, but I won't buy a, a, a star drag reel that doesn't have that little lip on the spool where I could put my thumb on that lip. You know, yeah. I don't like the straight cut spools. It doesn't, mm-hmm. that no. means you you have to put your thumb on the line. And, uh, you know, that's, I, that's just how I was always taught and learned that way. Yep. And, um, that's why it's there, you know, for you to put your thumb on it and put a consistent pressure wow. and it's well, smooth and it's smooth yeah. too. Versus line is rough. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, <clears throat> I do use a lever drag, like in certain instances, certain instances. And, uh, I was fishing one time on Thunderbird. It was a two day and we was on a tanner and I was having trouble fishing the braid on my Trinidad's. I switch over to a Talica, and I was casting better with my Talica than with my Trinidad. <laughs> and and these fish was they was mean, and I would put that fucking shit in low gear and wax their ass as opposed to when I was using the Trinidad. I get a bite that they was fucking taking my jigs because it's I don't know what it was that particular trip, but the Talica worked better for me. Wow, that that trip. Yeah, finding the right like, application, I guess, I was right? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> it threw me for a loop too. You oh know yeah. I mean? like, and ever since then, I started using my Talicas even to throw throw a jig because it, the way it's slower, it's the the line comes off slower on a Talica than a Trinidad, and and if I'm having trouble, it's easier for me to use that slower casting reel than than my fast faster. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And, well, then, and then one more thing, too. A lot uh-huh. of guys are fucking throwing to the wind with these light jigs, and they, they don't they don't realize what they're doing. And you, you fight the conditions. And, and that will determine whether you get getting a bite or not. Throw the shit fucking uh, adjacent to the wind or, or <coughs> downwind, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll have a, a lot better results than, than, than trying to fight the wind because conditions play, play a major factor in how you can fish your jig yeah and where yeah. to fish your jig and when to fish your jig man, it, it plays a factor right i've got one thing to say on those same lines you know i see a lot of guys bass guys especially since i started fishing tournaments that have only fished private boats their whole lives and i watch them pick up a jig stick and they are just all fucked up because they don't no one taught them i mean we all watched people who already knew how to do it uh, fish that way you know the the, the sport boat guys uh overall the the what used to be the deadheads i don't even know if they have deadheads as much anymore which is the guys that go out for free and fish for jackpot a couple uh there you go you need them you know i've uh, oh yeah yeah not at st peter so you uh <laughs> watch those guys and learn from that you want to get better at fishing a jig going a fucking half day boat when the barracuda bite and watch uh watch brian and his, his guys that are out there fishing and it'll open your eyes to, wow, I'm casting wrong. I'm holding the fucking rod wrong. I'm doing everything wrong. And that's really, you know, it's so much easier to learn by watching. And that's why I think most real good jig fishermen started out on a half-day boat because sure. we had tough fishing. We watched guys do it. We got better at it, you know. And in a limited amount of time. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. My goal always was to get 100 barracuda on one half-day trip. 
and I got into the 80s quite a few times. I had 97 one trip, and we were fucking <laughs> driving away. I'm like, just two more minutes. You know, it was, it was yeah. ridiculous. You have to catch them before the boat has limits as well. We had like 50 people. We had like, yeah. I don't know, we had just under 500 fish, 400-something fish. But I got 97 of them that morning, and that's in like two and a half, three hours of fishing. Fuck. And uh, that's pretty awesome, awesome, though, you know, and that's, yeah. uh, that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. I remember my, I was uh, 55 and three stops, but I was... Shit. Yeah. Three stops. In the wind, too. <laughs> I, was, I was up on the bow, and I had, I was working on the Del Mar, and I, I, I wasn't working on the Monte Carlo. I wasn't fishing on the Monte Carlo because the Barracuda was biting down there in the horseshoe. And I had, the boat had 90 fish. I had 55. <laughs> there, you know, that, that talks about somebody knows what they're doing. You yeah, know? Right. it's true. Bro, you know, this I is, was up in the bow by myself, all the, by myself. <laughs> You know, this is kind of a stupid thing, but years ago I was fishing a sharpshooter, which used to be a three-quarter boat out of Belmont Pier. We're at Catalina. It was early season. There was a barracuda up biting. They were only biting to double-A light. I think I had 25 or 30 fish. I think there was five or six others caught on our boat. There was three or four other boats there that only caught five or six each. So I was able to say on that day I caught more barracuda than anybody else on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stupid, but that's shit you like when you're a kid. You're like, yeah, yeah I smoked everybody. You hear the captain yeah, talking about right? you on the radio. Yeah. Oh, you should have saw my dad. He had like 30. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Fuck. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and sharing all this yeah. knowledge. Good times. Good um, times. If you guys want to plug something, go ahead, Joey. You can go ahead and oh, plug Taddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Check out the Tattler Instagram, Facebook page. You know, you'll, that keeps us up to date with all the new new products. Um, you know, we, we, we just came out with the 4.0 light again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got sold out in less than a couple of days. You know, wow, so that's, that's <laughs> I don't want to push those too hard right now. <laughs> limited edition. Yeah, yeah limited edition. Hard. They yeah. are definitely limited edition. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we do we do have new tuna jigs. We have a few new products. We have new new tuna jigs that are similar to a a fall slow pitch jig, you know, uh, 120 gram, 250 gram, and a 320. Great rockfish Um, jigs, too. Yeah, they work great for rockfish, (laughs) you know, white sea bass, everything. Um, And uh, we will be having assist hooks coming out. Great. And these will be designed specifically for these these larger size bluefin. Um, I understand a lot of issues with the 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 products that are out on the market is these big bluefin have giant teeth and they just oh, tear yeah. through these assist hooks yeah what i've made is you know like nothing else on the market awesome. and uh i think it'll be really effective on these bigger toothier critters nice great brian hmm. Can't, can't, can't wait to see that product. <laughs> well, I, I, matter yeah. of fact, I just bought a, a handful of those um, those flat tatties. You know? Yeah, yep, I yep. Just TSP, a, right, like right, right, right. I want to catch a fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need some hooks. They they came hookless. Gotcha. Right, right, right. And that, that's why we left those ones hookless because everybody was changing their hooks out. Yeah. You know, so we figured, well, why charge for a hook that? someone's going to replace anyways you know it's a it's a little bit of a catch-22 some guys just want a a, a pre-rigged jig and i get it you know a pre-rigged jig that way they could start fishing right now um and other guys want to want to use different hooks have it set up a little bit differently so we left them unhooked but the new ones have hooks the new jigs have hooks on them assist hooks and they're they're meant just for school size tuna you know your standard grade stuff not this 150 pound tuna stuff because they, they will, they'll blow up they'll blow yeah. up but you know your average size 20 30 40 
pound tuna, perfectly fine. Great. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess one thing I want to say though is if you you know you really want to learn surface iron, get on the boat, talk to Brian on the boat, you know, on the Monte Carlo out of Twenty Second Street. Those guys are fantastic. You can learn more about fishing or jig fishing just watching those guys and picking their brains for five minutes than you could learn you know on hours and hours on youtube, on, on YouTube. <laughs> you know you have to do it you have to see it yeah. and uh you just got to practice you know so yeah. but you know talk to those guys and you know if you learn something make sure you, you know take care of them at the end of the day yeah you know um, yeah. everybody's got to make a living. They're all, they're all willing, more than willing to help you. Um, you know, uh, but you know, make sure, you know, take care of them at the end of the day. You know, they, it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, what boat do you work out of, Brian? Marnie, just uh, right out, now? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, wherever they need me, man, okay. I've, I've worked on the pursuit. I've worked on every boat at 22nd street landing. Okay. I've worked on every single boat there. And, uh, you know, like on my days off or whatever. If they ever need me, I'm I'm there. You know what I mean? And that's just how I roll. You know what? Nice. I understand that I've been gifted with a wealth of knowledge on fishing. That's what I do, man. I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm always willing to share it. You make other people just as good as you, and uh, it's a gift, man. And and I cherish it as a gift, and I'm willing to share the gift, man. Appreciate you it, coming it on is, too and sharing your story. Is, you know. To be handed down. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And what about you, Eric? Yep. So, uh, you know, if you uh, want to learn more about jig fishing, you need to go into a shop like, you know, a good, good place to start. Go into Performance Tackle. Talk to Mark. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's been fishing jigs for forever. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there, tell him not to give you any of this bullshit stuff about this high-tech bullshit you need and all this other <laughs> stuff. Just tell him, give me something Eric would fish or somebody that actually, yeah. you know, normal guys, you know, so you don't end up right. with a bunch of crap. Right. <laughs> Which, uh, love you, Mark. But, yeah. uh, you know, you go to a tackle store like that, those guys in there will talk to you for 30 minutes and ask, you know, not, hey, what jig should I get? Say, why should I get this jig? What does this jig do? Ask yeah. questions like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need to get some answers. If you just ask them what jig to buy, they're going to point at one. You walk out of there with nothing. How do I fish this? Yeah. You right. know, what situation <clears throat> should I use this? And you end up talking, you're going to learn stuff and you're going to get better. Go on a half day boat. If you've never been on a half day boat or a three, you know, if you want to see some really good fishermen, when the yellows bite the Coronados and the San Diego's running down there, go out on there and look at those guys. Oh right. yeah, <laughs> I mean those guys are straight killers. You know, what yeah. I mean they will. And you know, Dialed don't just in. Yeah. just watch, see what's going on, learn from them, and you know, pay attention. If you see a guy catch a fish and another fish, stop what you're doing and stare at him. What's he doing? How's he casting? What's he casting at? How's he holding his rod? How how fast is he turning the handle? What jig does he have on? How much line is on his reel? These are all little important clues that you can pick up on. And if you can mimic that, you can do it just as well as they do eventually. Yeah, yeah. What That's setup it. are you using? I mean, right. it, right. it goes down. To, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and some guys got it down to a science, and, and, and some are learning. And you know what? Uh, We're all still learning. It, yeah. <laughs> every, every, every day. Yeah. Every yep. day. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's a... Never in the process, man. In order sure. to stay good, you have to practice. In order to, you got to make it a science, man. Yeah. And if you think you have it figured out, grab a different jig. Learn that one. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, and all those make are great points. Yeah. I, I do think, though, some people overcomplicate surface iron. Yeah. 
and it, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it, like it's a like a lost art from the '60s or something, you know. And it, it, it's not that way, you know. Just just get out there and fish, you know, and and learn it, pick it up over time. But yeah, you know, because it it can't be. You could learn as much as you can, but unless you're out there, it, it you could if you're backlashing a hundred times. That's better than st- sitting at home, not doing, yeah. doing nothing. You yeah. know, yeah. You, at least you know. Okay, well, I learned how to backlash. Actually, you learned to pick and, them and, out. Yeah. Well, exactly. I learned yeah. how to pick them out. Well, also, know, there's so. not any one right way of fishing. You know, oh, I'll tell you right, what, right. Joey. I can guarantee you, fish is different than Brian does, and Brian fishes different than exactly. I do. But we all catch fish. Yes. Right. And you know what? You develop your own thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's gonna be times where any one of us will outfish the other ones. But there will also be way more times where all three of us are catching fish, even though we're throwing different jigs, yeah, using different tackle, using a different retrieve, and all going off different cues that we're seeing in the water. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny? You get a guy like, I'll tell you what, if me or Brian or Joey were standing side by side on a skiff, and there were some signs of yellowtail happening around, and a bird acted a certain way, mm-hmm. there'd be two jigs landing within a couple feet of each other. Right. <laughs> that happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. Right. No communication. Right. I can be facing right. one way. Somebody's facing the other direction. I see something. I fire my jig, and it almost hits his in midair. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's that. Uh, you guys just know. Yeah. You, yeah. you have yeah. to pay attention when you're out there. Yeah. If you don't, man, you're going to miss a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and the and, birds and, are everything. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens so 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 subtle, man. It's, it's a lot of subtleties out there in that water, man, that you could pick up on as you're spending time out there, as you get some, some time on the water. You'll see a fucking mushroom. <laughs> Of water and know that a yellowtail just ate mm-hmm. a yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your eyes should always be out and yeah. not focused. And that's the thing. You right. just keep just scanning, being, scanning. being Joey's Zen right. state and stand there and look. <laughs> and <laughs> think, right. Yeah. Yeah. Things start to happen. Yeah. Right. And right. you react to those things that happen. Yeah. And that's really yeah. what yeah. it all comes down to. Yeah. And that's yeah. the art of it. Yeah. 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 And you could get those things down. You will hook more fish. You will hook more fish, knowing where to cast, seeing those birds, seeing that 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 water turn because a calico bass or a yellowtail came up, just picked up that anchovy. You know, those little things. Now you know where to cast your lure. You know, if, if you could always cast to those spots, I mean, man, your hookup ratio is going to be great. I've got I've got a great story in closing here. The last half day trip I ever took, I hadn't fished half day boats in probably 10 years. And I built a priest at PCS needed some pictures of Barracuda for an article. Who did that you he, go with? What's that? Who did you go with? I went to Center Cal. There, with uh, Bill? No, with well, it was for Bill. We call Bill Billy Big Dick over here. <laughs> He's gonna get mad again. There you go. <laughs> so I go on. I go on to Center Cal, and uh, I had not fished in the boat for six or seven years. You know, so I'm standing there. We stopped. There's barracuda boiling. Everybody's casting. Standing with my fucking camera. Nobody's catching shit. They got like five deadheads on there. Good friends of mine. And I'm standing there, and these guys are just casting like crazy. And I'm watching this one spot off the fucking starboard corner. The barracuda keep coming up and boiling in the exact same spot like fucking five times in like four or five minutes. No one's casting. Everybody's looking at some other fish. So I'm like, fuck. I go to the guy that's running the boat. I think it was hot sauce or bitch or something. I hold my fucking camera. And I go over, grab my jig stick, and I got some calico bass jig tied on. I fucking walk out, walk right to the corner, make a cast, take two wines, hang one, wind it, and throw it on. Hand to one of the kids, hold this up so I can take a fucking picture. <laughs> Put my rod down. Didn't fish the rest of the fucking day. I think it was the only barracuda we caught. And the guys were like, the, the younger kids in the boat were like, 
That's that guy they call Big. Do you see that? He made one fucking <laughs> cast and caught one. I was dying laughing. I was, you He's a me. legend. I wouldn't have made another cast for five hundred dollars that day. I'd rather have the bit. Yeah. Oh, I could have so made two hundred more casts, not got a fucking thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, that's right. a great story. But if it, I wasn't watching, I wouldn't realize. Right. It. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's great. Right. Right. Um. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate yeah, you all thank coming you. on. Thank you. You got and, it, buddy. Uh, we'll pick out someone I'll, on the intro. I'll tell you who won the package. And thank you for bringing stuff, Joey. From Taddy Anytime. and uh, performance Anytime. tackle, thank you. Yep. And that's it. Good Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks, Dad. All right. Good seeing you guys. Yep. Thank you.